I'm hungry. It's April 27th, 2011. Welcome to This Is Only a Test, the official podcast of Tested.com. Smith. Joining me today, sitting directly to my left, Norman Chan. How you doing, Norm? I'm doing fine. You're wearing that t-shirt that hurts my eyes with the shark in 3D on uh, it. I'm sorry. This is actually supposed to be an undershirt, but it was too warm outside, so I took my other shirt off. And it wasn't gingham. No gingham. No gingham today. Uh, to Norman's left, wearing a, a classic. Oh, man. A classic Let's talk PC about gamer this. bowling shirt. Let's talk about this for 15 minutes. A, vin- a vintage item. First, we have to introduce Patrick. Hello. Gary, Patrick, they're sitting side by side. Yep. Patrick's wearing a nice t-shirt, too. It looks like yeah. uh, something splattered on you. Yeah, yeah you yeah, tripped just, in a bucket I, of paint. Just some paint. Okay, that's All right. cool. Did you make it yourself? Or did yeah, it come, Gary and I have yellow in pre- common uh, right so now. So pre-vintage, like... We should introduce Patrick right, for people who don't yeah, know who yeah. Patrick is. Patrick Klepek is the new news editor. Is that, yes. do, we, do we have titles now? That is true. Okay, new news editor Close for enough. Giant Bomb. Yes. Uh, you're here today. We're going to get right into the news because you have shit to do. Wait, wait, wait. It's more important. Oh, yeah, we should talk about Gary's oh, shirt. Oh, man. Okay, well, Gary's shirt. I'll allow it. I'm okay. uncomfortable with this tangent. <laughs> <laughs> Your contrarianness has been noted and not appreciated. Uh, Gary's wearing a PC Gamer bowling shirt from, uh, like, I would guess, like late 90s vintage? Yeah, what, what has come to be known, at least in my house, as the golden age of PC Gamer. This is self-imposed? It's a very Not, stylish shirt. 1996. I, I feel like if I just keep saying it, it'll, it'll catch <laughs> Eventually, up. yeah. yeah. 1996 to, uh, to 2000, which was my uh, time as editor-in-chief yeah. on Rain. PC Gamer. Yeah, Rain. Well, that's a good word. I could well, change the Wikipedia page okay, right now. Let's talk about the shirt, though. Because that's important. It's a bowling shirt, a black bowling shirt with yellow piping. accents. Lots of piping. piping. Yellow piping on the sleeves and the, the buttons are yellow. The color is full yellow, bright yellow. It doesn't, doesn't look a, a day over three years old. What used to be white buttons now appear yellow. No, they are, they're, they're supposed to are be Are they yellow. supposed to be yellow? Yeah. yeah they're, they're, okay. And then that old. On the front, you have the, the classic. The classic PC the classic, Gamer The very first one. PC Gamer logo. Yeah. It was a little faded with, at this With point. no drop yeah. shadow or anything. It was like that at the beginning. No fanciness. <laughs> you know, back when it's down Back when magazines were designed with Quark. Do you remember that? Before Quark, InDesign? Quark, Quark Express. Express. What are they designed with now? InDesign. It's in all InDesign. In oh, that, so Quark Express, yeah. is, is that completely gone? Quark is gone. They didn't, they didn't get on the OS X bandwagon pass. Yeah. That's how old I yeah. am. Yeah. Is that, yeah, the last time I was working in magazine design, it was Quark Express. People were using OS oh, something yeah. not 10. And yeah. then uh, on the back... Uh, the back is where the real money The world's happens. finest PC games magazine. Yeah. Wow. Which was the, the tagline. It was for the true then. It's still true. Yeah, absolutely. Are well, there now it's kind of like the games? only. That's, that's before we were able to change it to world's best selling, yes. which was mm. something that happened while I okay. was there. Mm. That's interesting. Part of the I'm, golden age? Yes. Part okay. of the golden, 96 to 2000. The age. Were you a PC gamer at any point, Patrick? Uh, back when uh, I decided, uh, like in college, like that's about the last time, okay. and then it was just much cheaper to be a console gamer. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that happens <laughs> to people sometimes. Yeah, exactly. You know, Gary, we never actually crossed paths. At Gamer. You had no overlap. No, you left at 2000. I started 
middle summer 2000. I yeah. started in 2000. So you're more of a Silver Age guy. I, I, I'm a Rob Smith Silver Age guy. Although we did see you in the office and I have told the, the great Red Lobster story, which you don't even remember I was there. Is that the one where the, where the where fly you had the fly got, oh, it was baked awful. into your lobster? Oh, and the terrible. guy came over to the table. <laughs> it was terrible. Did he scoop it out? No, he gave you coupons. He like apologized and gave you a coupon. He was like you another happened, lobster. Well, what I think it happened was a fly in the kitchen had landed on my lobster. Wow! And then they had put it in the oven, and the lobster and the so the fly had been fused in oh, onto the lobster, baked gross. into it, yeah. baked onto it. How it was much a did huge you eat before you noticed this? What's that? How much did you eat before you noticed? No, I noticed it immediately. Okay, well that's good. Just and ate I, it anyway. and I, I sent it back. <laughs> and and no, no, the guy came over and he's like, "Oh, well, that's not normal." No. <laughs> It's it's usually only one fly. Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah. Okay, you got some. You got some. This is way too. I know this is this tangent is petered out. Already way too tangential. We're moving on uh, for Will's comfort. Patrick's pushing limits. Patrick's here to talk about the biggest news story of the week. The white iPhone. White iPhone is out tomorrow. Yeah. By the time you hear this podcast, it could be out. I know. I'm gonna as soon as we finish this, I'm going to get in the line. Hundreds of people in line already. Right. I'm supposed to go to Houston tomorrow to do coffee stuff. Fuck that! I'm waiting in the iPhone line until nine o'clock. You know what I mean? There morning. are now uh, three. There have been three releases of the iPhone four. Yes, uh, which is unprecedented for an Apple phone product. Well, they did two product. for iPhone one. Well, we're did. talking about this more than I intended to. Just for iPhone one, <laughs> they <laughs> this released was just meant it. To be a joke. This is supposed to be a joke. Keep waiting for and the then, well, It's real yeah. news. Um, iPhone one, they released it, and then they re- uh, had a cheaper version, and they changed the price. So the iPhone one did come out twice. Okay. Uh, now, and they made been, a bigger one too, a thirty-two gig one. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They, they increased the size and then reduced the price. Now there have been three releases of the iPhone 4 and eight different SKUs because you have 16 gig, 32 gig, AT&T, Verizon, black and white. Still doesn't match the, I think, 16 SKUs of the iPad 2. That's a lot of SKUs. Yeah. It's crazy. But I don't care about this anymore. Let's talk about the really biggest story (laughs) of the week. Basically, PlayStation Network is imploding. Like yeah. the whole thing is falling apart. Has it's gone. Imploded. Yeah, it's, it's been offline since like last Monday now. Yeah, a so week today, and two days. This is Wednesday, so it's it went down to either Wednesday or Thursday of last week. So we're approaching uh, about a week, and there's really uh, more or less no end in sight to when the services will be back up. Now, but Sony has said that there may be some services up within a week, but ooh, the, the key word is some, some services. So yeah. it's it, what that exactly means. Could I mean? Do you think that it's like multiplayer or ooh. shit you can buy? It, uh, shit you can buy. It re- you know, it's really hard to tell because you know, based on all the evidence we've seen, a lot of it comes down to uh, you know, you could sign into you can sign into the PlayStation Network. That's the whole thing. Right. But you could still access Netflix, but you have to try and log into the PlayStation Network to access Netflix. Oh, so you have to try and fail. When it fails, then it just defaults to letting you access Netflix. Okay. It's not like Xbox Live where you have to have a gold membership. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can just, it's just. Oh, so, but Netflix still works. Netflix it still works. works. Yeah, okay. it still works. Can, and then, can you walk us through because? Like, I don't play anything on PlayStation, especially on PSN. Sure. Walk us through, since it's been a week, exactly what happened. like, Or what we know, at least, or, so or, far. Or, like, what was the community reaction on day one? What, people, what, were the, what were the official statements and the rumors until the official announcement a day or two ago? Yeah, late last week, it just went down. And okay. then uh, Sony issued a very brief statement, uh, starting on their European blog, saying that, uh, you know, it's down, we're working on it, we believe it's an outside intrusion, um, we'll get you know, back to you with more details soon. They quickly removed the outside intrusion statement and then a much more vague <laughs> statement that was just the service is down and we're trying to determine what was wrong with it. Initially, everyone thought it was the hacker group Anonymous. Okay. Because Anonymous has been targeting Sony the last couple of weeks because they settled with GeoHot, the guy who uh, had uh, right. originally hacked the PS3. They settled that and that was supposedly settled amicably. But right. They, I mean, they, he they got a pretty good deal. Yeah, he got a pretty good deal and, you know, Sony got, you know, out of this whole – I think they thought they would get out of the ire of the hackers by settling this and just moving on. 
Uh, Anonymous didn't take credit for it, though. They said that this was not their doing. They, they actually denied. They, they said that it's possible that parts of their group did do it, but it was not something they had coordinated. Uh, and usually they're you know, a group that would take credit for something as massive as this. And it's not like a denial of service either, it no. seems so far. But it no. could have been a splinter cell. Yes, they, they didn't say that it wasn't possible someone in their group hadn't touched it, but they were not going to take credit for okay. it, and it wasn't a coordinated, like, anonymous... Uh, it wasn't like when they went after Citibank. Exactly. Okay. So uh, have, they, have they clarified if the hackers brought it down, or if the hackers breached the security and Sony took everything down to prevent further that, breaches? That has not been clarified. Okay. All we know is that it was... Well, actually, you know, actually they, they have been a little more clear on that, and that they brought it down once they knew there was a breach. Right. Okay. So whether how much they got access to uh, beyond your personal information, which is they've, they've since disclosed, saying like they have your name, address... Uh, home, uh, uh, email address. You're saying hackers out there have our names, addresses, email addresses. They know where we live. Yeah, and they, they, they said that it's they can't – there's no evidence that their credit card information has been disclosed, but they also can't, they can't. say for sure that it wasn't yeah. accessed. Uh, they know for sure that your uh, you know your security code, like you know they have to look up on the back of your credit card yeah. you know, to further yeah, verify yeah, yeah. it. That the, the is definitely – yeah, that is definitely not a part of – Okay. It's not even saved anywhere in their or in their database. Okay. You don't need that for a lot of transactions. No, though. you don't. You don't. But yeah. it's a that that's one thing that I mean, the, the a, hackers weren't able to we get. We should be grateful for small I feel I feel pretty good <laughs> that that my number So why is, not is it out taking there? so long if they took it down themselves, why is it taking so long to get some services back up? Well, because everything is sort of based on what I'm hearing, everything is tied into this login infrastructure. So it's certainly possible that from scratch Sony is having to Redo, which is essentially a very basic service of of the PlayStation oh, wow. Network, which would be working on the login infrastructure. So, so what, it sounds like what they did is, or what it seems like they did is essentially the software equivalent of like that scene in Die Hard when the guy gets the chainsaw and cuts all the wires coming into the building. Yeah, pretty much. Wow. What's, and, what's worrying to me in that breach is that even if they didn't get the credit card numbers, they did get uh, passwords and security questions, which often people will use the same passwords and same questions on a lot of different services. So. Maybe Did, they could use this to get into email and there's, and there's, or whatever other. Yeah, and there's no have. way to go in right now to reset your password. Right. Uh, I talked to Sony. They said there's absolutely no way to figure out what you like. You can't just call customer service and be, "Hey, could I at least know what my password is?" So because yeah, I don't I can, know, I don't remember what my password for Sony is. Right, it's and I, I think mo- I think a lot of people yeah. changed their uh, stuff after the Gawker incident. Right. Uh, so we I, had, about that I, had, I had changed most of my passwords, but I don't know if I changed my PSN one, and I have no way of knowing. What I was using on there, and I, I think that's the same for a lot of people. But if you've got it just multiple credit it. cards, you may not even be able to find out what credit card you. If you don't remember, right, it's right. not an easy piece of information to get. If you haven't bought, well, you can go look recently. at your statement, right? Look at your statement that shows up as Sony PSN, right? So, I mean, I mean, the thing, the thing about that stuff is, it's always a bad idea to use the same. I mean, we talk about a staggered password system here, where you have like one super secure password that's for banks and maybe medical stuff and stuff that should really be super secret. And that's a really good password, like 10 or 12 characters. Right. Letters, numbers, symbols. So your, your highest level password should stuff. be your personal email. That's, that's where you can get access right. to change everything else. For the most part. Um, and, then, and then the lower level is stuff that involves buying stuff, Amazon, PSN, Xbox Live. And then below that is all the stuff that doesn't involve spending money like – you know, Gawker and websites, websites forums. forums. Yeah. Maybe not wow, but yeah, you know, so, so ga- lots of games, stuff like that. Yeah, right. What Gary points out is that when I've been talking to, and there'll be a piece on giant bomb, uh, hopefully later today about this is when I'm talking to like security analysts about what is sort of the grand implication, like this will get fixed. It'll come back up and everyone will move on. The two uh, worrisome issues uh, is that 
uh, even though they didn't get the credit card data, all of this, the personal data they have can be used for two things. One is it becomes black market data that can just be sold mm-hmm. that right. they can use to create spam. You know, you're talking 75 million accounts. Most of uh, – a fraction of those are actually active accounts because you can create an account for free on right. PSN. But there are a lot of people that probably register something that can be tricked into buying things based on, uh, you know, different phishing techniques that people will use based on getting this personal information. And then set on top of that is what something that's hit Xbox Live a lot more than hit has hit PSN is these social engineering, you know, that people kind use. Kind of phishing attacks. Phishing attacks, calling customer service, using your personal information to get customer service people to perhaps reset your password, change right. the email address. And right. if they have all this information, that is a lot of – Because if they know, have like mother's maiden names and things like that, that that's information There are customer service reps that if you get – you know, you see Xbox Live hackers talk about this all the time. Like if they – if you sweet talk a CSR rep, you know, they, they will eventually – you know, if you have all of this information, that's, you know – pretty credible that you might be this person and they'll reset something for you that allows you to get access to an account. Well, because often yeah. they have to give you multiple ways to get it. Like, if you don't have this information, well, they ask you for your have that. first elementary school mm-hmm. right. and your dog's name when you were a kid and where you, street you live. And, and then it's all stuff has your social, social security number, which is the one, you know, I guess takeaway from this is that at least they don't have that. That would be sort of the, That's true. the holy grail of, of personal information. But Isn't that how they hacked Sarah Palin's email as they just went in and, and used That's information how about her yeah. to answer the, secu- yeah. the, the, yep. the security yeah. questions? And it was like Hotmail or something. Yeah, Yahoo, I think it was. Uh, yeah. It was well, and I mean, the thing the thing is, the security questions are already unsafe because a lot of those polls on Facebook and sites like that that are like, "Hey, we're going to give you your porn name, and it's your your first dog's name, and the elementary school that you went to, and your mother's middle name, and you know, and they so they collect all these the security questions through techniques like right, that right. as well. So, I mean, that stuff's kind of out there. At the very least, people who are signed up for PSN are probably going to see a lot more spam. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that. Nope. People Bad have been news. concerned mostly about their credit card numbers. The, the latest, I, I think I read something this morning that said maybe Nestoni is leaning towards saying maybe that information wasn't compromised. Where are we with that right now? Uh, the last I had read uh, was that there's they hadn't had concrete evidence that it had been accessed, but they're essentially covering their bases, covering their asses. Saying, they can't say that it hadn't been. They can't say it. They have no. They have no evidence that it was. But because they're still doing an investigation of what happened, they've uh, uh, enlisted an outside security firm to come in and sort of analyze uh, the data. But they can't say for sure. And even if they're 99% sure it wasn't accessed, it makes sense at this point from a corporate policy to say, you know, change your credit card. Because there was a rumor going around uh, yesterday that uh, banks were maybe made aware on Friday that something was happening. And – Based on, I called my own banks. I called all where you know the financial institutions that I have money uh, invested at, and everyone was basically like, "We've had people calling in, so it doesn't sound like Sony on Friday when it was like, hey, there's been a credit card intrusion,' and then didn't tell the public for several days. Okay, at the very most, they might have told institutions that, "Hey, th- there's a potential for a breach. You might be getting calls about this as we're investigating it." But there doesn't seem to be any evidence that there was a you know grand conspiracy to tell financial institutions and then not tell users until several right, right, days right. later. It seems more likely that a lot of uh, – because they're getting an influx of calls of people canceling their cards to be preemptive and or, and or savvy employees that were just aware that something was going on with the PlayStation Network. Kind of getting out in front of it. Kind of getting out in front of it and maybe you know telling their you know, higher-ups that, hey, we're probably going to be getting calls about that. So, I mean, the, the bad news is there's not a really good way to protect yourself from this kind of stuff. I mean, because – like I, when I have to change, I, I had a fraud alert on my credit card two weeks ago, and literally my wife and I sat down and we have this big long spreadsheet of all the places we use the same card, 
And then you have to go through and change all the things. It takes a couple hours every time this happens, and it's hard to remember all the places that you have a card, especially if you, you know, if you have like a RDO account and a and a Xbox Live and PS PSN. And if you have multiple all, passwords, yeah. it's hard. You know, that's the whole reason people have one password, even if they've got numbers and symbols in it, is because it's hard to remember. Yeah, different multiple ones. So yeah, it's it, it's challenging, especially when you get compromised. Well, and, and the thing is, you can generate. Most banks will let you generate like a single use card number. If you want to make a purchase from someplace that you think is questionable, so whether it's like a, some some weird online auction transition or buying Mexican far, far, uh, drugs from Mexican pharmaceutical companies, uh, you know you can do that. But there's no way to do that that's a recurring charge. Like I, I called my bank yesterday to see if I could set up a essentially a single use number that pulls from my same account that will then only be authorized to be used for, by Microsoft and Sony and whatever, right? And that they can bill me every month or every year, however often. And they were like, no, we, why would anybody ever want that product? But it seems like that would be the safe way. So then you could have isolated cards for all the different services you sign up for. So even if Amazon or RDO or Sony or whoever gets hacked, then at least your your main card is still safe. Yeah, I mean, it'll be curious to see what the follow-up from this is because Sony for years has bragged about their the number of users for the PlayStation Network. Yeah, 77 is, million is a lot. Se- yeah, 77 million, which is uh, sort of a false number, misleading number, because those are, again, like I mentioned before. It's all sign-ups, right? It's all sign-ups, mul- people's multiple accounts. You know, it's all free. So there's probably a number of million of those that aren't, aren't yeah, active. It's the same for, like, Microsoft. and Yeah, but it's yeah, kind of bit them in the ass because this has probably gotten more attention than it would have had the numbers been... Well, it makes the Gawker thing look pretty minor. Right. right, The Gawker was like five or ten million or something like that. Right. So this has been on the, you know, as of the end of day yesterday, it was on the front page of the New York Times, at least on their website and, you know, on CNN and MSNBC and all the local channels because it's hard to ignore 77 million people. Your PlayStation is spying on you. Jack Tretton getting letters from the U.S. Senate is, you know. That one guy, that was a little, that was a little. I think he's kind of just making. That's just headlines, yeah. Yeah, he's like a three-month new, he's one of the new class. So I think he was just making waves. Let me ask you this. Once the experts get involved and they start doing all the forensics on this, do you think there's any chance that the culprits will be identified? And they'll find out who did this? I mean, one of the things that, you know, we'll be interested to see what is, like with the hacking that Anonymous has done with Sony, like they've never been, like... What I've been hearing is that Sony's been very active about working in private channels to 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 go back after them. It doesn't seem like Anonymous has been involved necessarily. Law enforcement, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, like FBI's and uh, et cetera. And so I, I mean, it'd be curious to see what. Yeah, I don't know how much we'll hear about that. You know, I this I I'm pretty sure Sony's going to want to sweep this under the rug as soon as possible. I don't expect a jab about it at their press conference at this point <laughs> because it's not it's not funny anymore. No. Uh, but. Exactly what we hear about their their in terms of what changes with their security policies, like you know, it'd be nice if they you know aired on being more transparent about you know what went wrong. Right, I think that would make people feel better if they knew, hey, this is where we screwed up. Well, and, and I mean, I'd like to know that they've had a whole security audit done by somebody external that came through and said, hey, so you've gone through and fixed the login process and all the other stuff. Also, we've we're using best practices because the thing I've heard is that they aren't even using best practices on like how they're storing passwords and things things like that. And this, I think, possibly. is part of the reason why the mood out there right now, the public mood towards towards Sony is very negative. Is that when you have when you have seventy seven million credit card numbers? Hey, I mean, when you have a but they don't necessarily have seventy seven million credit card numbers. But okay, but when you have millions, the- theoretically, they could have seventy seven. Yeah. When when it's something as big. As big a brand as Sony and PlayStation Network, I, when I put my credit card number in, there's a, I, there's an implicit understanding. I think that that information is yeah. Safe. I assume that they're going to know what, how to protect that. When you're when you're a, when you're a company of that size and you've got that much information, 
I think you have, it behooves you to spare no expense to protect that information. Absolutely. And if, and if it gets out, you didn't do enough. I think there's got to be the mistake's got to be on on your your side, right? Right. I mean, I I think they. I mean, and that's the other mistake they've made is that they didn't come out early enough and say, "Hey, look, this problem is the, the we brought the site down." I, I mean, I feel like even if they didn't know that there was an intrusion. They should have been more transparent about the downtime from the very, very beginning. Yeah, and that's one of the things I'm also looking into is trying to figure – I mean more than likely if in the wild speculation that Sony will get in no actual legal trouble over, over any of right. this. But uh, there are complications over each state and over – you know, Like over dis- disclosure laws. Disclosure laws. Like how early did they know that information was compromised? Some uh, states require to do that right away. Others, other states have sort of a leniency period of a couple days for you to kind of get your shit together. Um, so be curious to see what happens. I don't expect them to get any actually legal trouble, but because the, this is such a PR disaster for them, I'll be curious what their mea culpa is over how they try and make this up to well, users. Well, it's, I mean, it's kind of unfortunate because it was a big week for PlayStation last week with Mortal Kombat, por- the portal, the portal PC exclusive SOCOM stuff, well. and so- SOCOM, SOCOM coming were essentially out. essentially dead on arrival yeah. as a result of this. Right. Yeah. yeah. Three big PlayStation releases over a holiday weekend. And the whole thing, I mean, the timing could not have been worse. Well, I mean, and and it's just when the service is starting to kind of turn around. I mean, from where I sit, like I signed up for a PlayStation Plus membership six or seven months ago, and it was valueless for the first four months. And then in the last couple of months, it started getting good. You know, you got the free uh, stacking uh, download if you had signed up for that. And and I was starting, you know, starting to turn the corner on the service, and then all of a sudden it's gone for a week. And I'm like, oh, okay. That sucks. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what they do because really, this this isn't like you know something like when Xbox Live has given away a free uh, game because of an outage over right. the weekend for because a big game came out. I mean, this is a breach of trust. You know how you how you repair that is much. It's not as simple as you know. Here's six months of PlayStation Plus for every PlayStation Network member. Right. Like that's you know that I don't think that's going to be enough. But I, I have no idea what they do in terms of repairing that trust except well, just. I mean, I mean that's I mean that's Time. the other the other element that Sony have taken a lot of heat over is that the community relations during this whole debacle has been very very poor. Well, you the know, penny arcade was spot on. There's been no messaging coming out. Um, I kind of feel like, and I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know for sure, but I kind of feel like that if this had happened to Microsoft with Xbox information, that they would have they they have a much better community relations structure in place with like Major Nelson and all these other friendly faces. I feel like they would have had videos up. They would have had a lot more information up saying this is what this is what we know. This is what we can tell you. Right. But when you go to the PlayStation front page and there's just nothing there, is that part of that's, that? That just seems to make things worse. Make believe. One's a Japanese company, one's an American company, and you know there's a lot of international stuff. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's definitely something I think that's a factor in that. If you look at sort of how you know, even as as recently as the Japanese nuclear disaster, you know, the yeah, way, sim- similar handling, similar handling, of bigger just, problem. There, there's bigger problem, but in, in the way they handle essentially spin to the public is usually you know disclosing less information rather than more. And I think you know we, especially you know in the West, kind of expect. You know, give us the truth. You right. Know. Is that, don't, so, don't give us a rosy picture yeah, and like then we, change it three ra- weeks later. We'd rather know how bad it is, accept that, and move on rather than being told, no, everything will be okay. I think they can't, they can't just say, oh, it's been fixed. Like, yeah. I, I don't think that works this time. So blaming Sony America for this may not be the right thing because, as we said before the podcast, they may be as in the dark as the rest of us if Japan's not giving them information. I'm blaming that PSP kid. That's who I think is responsible. Chad? Is his name Chad? Which, which guy are you talking the about? The one in the ads. That's oh, racist. Okay. That's racist. That's fault. That's racist. You're, you're just gonna blame to, anyone. You're just trying to bait blame. someone saying, "Oh, the black kid." I, no, I, I would no, never. I, that would, I, I've already said that's racist. Yeah, do no, you think? Do you think? No very, one got that that's racist. Do you think very quickly throwing together 
some kind of Kevin Butler spot where it would, would, would have been funny but also would have Kevin Butler no, 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 right that, that would have been so inappropriate H- had it had it just so been an outage inappropriate yes yeah. uh, but at the point where credit you know credit yeah. information is involved I think that would be pretty crass and, and inappropriate again that's right. I don't there's not a good PR spin on this except to just be we screwed hey, up hey we fucked up yes yeah. you just be completely honest but that's not you know, that's I, not the Sony way. It's Ke- not. It's just not the Japanese way in terms of presenting uh, mistakes like this. Is right. Kevin Butler ever really the right answer? No. Right. I'm tired of that guy. Thanks for coming out, Patrick. Yeah. All right. Talk about. We your- feel like we've talked about this well enough. Yeah. I, think we're I feel like we've. I feel like we've covered this topic pretty that's, well. It's everything up until I know and what I've reported this morning. Right. So, and get right back to the white iPhone because that's bottom- <laughs> real big news <laughs> but, this but, week. But the bottom line right now is like we haven't turned any kind of corner. Right no, now. no, it could it could be you know anything from uh, we've always a week, been a week, at war. A week to a month to just before E three before PlayStation Network is yeah, which is I have to imagine that's their, their new hard deadline is this has to be fixed. Well, and the thing is, E3. if they, if they're going to try to fix stuff, they're going to start with revenue generation stuff first and multiplayer probably last, right? Possibly, they, but I, I don't I don't think you have a choice of having this up and running before E three without it just being oh a disaster, completely disaster yeah. for the platform and the in the future direction of the company. Yeah, yeah, cool. Well, thanks All for right. coming, Patrick. Thanks, Patrick. Bye, guys. I've turned down microphone six. I think we're due for some type of uh, mathematical geometric thing. What do you maybe, think? Maybe a tangent. Just uh, what do you I think? think a isosceles. Do you think be this better. is the something that le- something like this leaves a, a, a bad taste in consumers' mouths over the long term, or will it just eventually be forgotten about? I mean, I, the thing is, I think it was something that that it, it's different in different markets, right? I mean, PlayStation had a totally different kind of life. PlayStation Three had a totally different kind of lifespan in the in the Europe and Japanese regions than it did in the U.S. Where it's kind of always been the the monolithic gigantic underdog slash six hundred dollar joke, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to get a lot of angry comments about that. I'm sure. But I think I think in the long term it's going to be fine as long as the credit card information isn't actually out. Well, or and they they're honest about what's happening. Yeah, I think the dust. Yeah, again, depending on what the overall damage is, I think you know as long as the credit card information didn't get out, the dust yeah. will settle. I, again, I think what it does, and and hopefully they'll respond to this. Um, you know, whatever whatever takeaway they they take away from it, yeah, is that it really highlights to me the difference in the community relations approach between Sony and and Microsoft. You know, I just feel like that the, the Xbox experience is is friendlier and Absolutely. there's more ways to communicate with the company, and you know, you can tweet the people, and there's all kinds of support options. The the Sony experience to me has always just felt kind of more more one way and more corporate. Like they push information to me, but there's very little very little way for me to feel like I'm having a dialogue with the company. That's absolutely true. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I think I mean it's recoverable, but they have to handle it properly. So why iPhone? Uh, yeah, do we want to talk about why iPhone one. more? Gary. Are you going to go get one, Gary? No. Okay. Uh, didn't Leah want one? She does, but but again, the pro- the problem is at this point you, you're probably going to want to hold on for the the, the next one's that's, only a few months away. It's so strange. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Well, if the next one is a few months away, well, I think this might be. Uh, we, we've all, everyone in this room yeah. has made their prediction. Is it from Apple's perspective? Is it? I mean, obviously they didn't want this delay, but now that they can finally manufacture these white phones, is it perhaps a, a nice way to uh, get the get a boost out of the you know what would otherwise be kind of the flagging end of this? Yeah. this I, I think cycle? it's smart for them to release it now, and it would have been really stupid to hold it the whole year until the iPhone five comes out. Um, because they and they didn't make a big deal about saying it's you know it's out. I mean there was a press release. It is, it's gonna be out tomorrow. It's gonna be in stores. I think they're sung enough. Like there are new iPhone customers every day, every week, mm-hmm. and people have been waiting. So give it a nice boost. The interesting thing about this is how far this news reaches. This morning I got an email from someone who is not normally somebody I, or an I am rather from somebody I would not normally consider up on tech news, who just forwarded me www.apple.com space 
LOL. So I clicked the link to see what it said, and it said it's the white iPhone. Like they have a it's coming page. It's uh, I mean, even even the uh, biggest Apple fans, and by that I mean like John Gruber, are you know admitting it's it's a it's a, a misstep for Apple. Why is it a misstep? I mean, because they promised it at, at last right. year at, at launch, launch, and it's been ten months. They're a little is, late. I mean, a- Apple has never done that. Apple usually doesn't talk about and they and, and they've made they made promises you know like six months ago saying it would be out in, in the month in October yeah. yeah and and finally it's out now so yeah, you, you think know, the man- problems, manufacturing problems. plastic in a different color wouldn't be as big a problem as it apparently turned out to be well I think I think it wasn't the I think they, the 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 rumor was that it wasn't the the glass that was the problem it was getting the button to match the glass okay because and, yeah, and, and also the, there's well, a they, camera I mean, issue and discoloration they solved that with the iPad obviously because I presumably it's right. the same materials I would I would assume so well, the, their materials guy no longer works there the guy who did the antenna also yeah, do you he, want to talk about these new iPhone mockups that have started to well, surface the rumors are flying I, no okay actually. why not well we can I was going to talk about the location tracking thing because it's a real story well, what. Okay, well, let's, I mean, let's talk about all that stuff. Okay, so Jobs came out this morning, and uh, and and Jobs came out. No, not out. Out. That would be a story. That would be. But but uh, Jobs Jobs had a couple of email responses. They released a, a statement, and he did an interview with uh, Ina Freed, uh, where the, he talked about the location tracking thing, and basically said, "Hey, we don't track your data, but then also kind of we do track your data." And he said that the the this is we're talking about the iPhone location tracking the database on the. Is phone this that, another antenna gate? Because when they when no. they feel like the, the Jobs has to respond personally, clearly someone inside Apple is saying that we need to we need to respond to. It's this. something they're going to have to go talk to Congress about. So it's a big deal. It, ultimately, it's going to be something that'll be forgotten in the annals of history. Mm. Um, but basically, what he's saying is that file doesn't contain your location. It contains the cell phone towers that your phone connects to. So why? So at least it tells you where, what you're close to. It it tracks your general location. But it's not. But it's not. There's not like GPS coordinates. No, there are GPS coordinates, but they are for cell phone, cell phone towers, not for your actual GPS. Or location. are they actually GPS coordinates, or just like the cell phone? There are GPS. There there are cell phone register. I I, I it doesn't matter. The upshot is it tracks the towers you connect to, um, and it does that to to make determine your location faster. That's why on. Remember when I reviewed the Captivate? We talk about the Captivate a lot. But remember when I reviewed the Captivate and I bitched that it takes five minutes to lock GPS? Right. It, it's because it doesn't look at cell phone towers to kind of give a starting okay. point. So uh, the thing – they're doing a couple of things. The next major release of iOS will fix the – I'm air quoting – bug that made that file get so big and keep years worth of data. Uh, so it will only keep seven days. Yeah. Which it seems reasonable. Yeah. Um, and they're going to stop archiving it in the next release of iTunes. So, what's, so it won't I mean, be backed up what, anymore. What's the most – And it will be encrypted on the phone. Of, of the most cynical among us, what's the fear? That, Why are you looking at me? Because I can generally – in the same way that you can rely on me to like Apple, I can generally rely on you to have the negative spin. Fair enough. My, so my question to you is you know, in your most cynical mode, I mean what's, what's the worst case scenario that people are worried about here? That Apple is – Tracking your movements in, in, and in some way using that to what target ads at you or something. I mean, what, well, what, what, what what's the really skeptical view of this? I, I mean, I the crazy person view. I don't plan, claim to espouse tinfoil hat. The tinfoil hat view is that exactly that is that lo, location based advertising can be a huge industry in the next two three years. Hey, you're close to a Wendy's. Why not have a right. baconator? Hey, wow! In your bad iPhone no, location notifier pop ups. You just got a thing that said, hey, you just drove by Jack in the Box. You should go get some French fries. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, that's not happening. That's not going to happen. They would get the living shit suit out of them if they tried to do that. 
don't don't there's no need to panic about that at this point wait right. until it actually starts happening um the 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 bad thing is the is the private investigator angry spouse people have access to computers that they took highly private information and made it too easily available i mean that's the bad thing right they're gonna fix that there's gonna be there's gonna be fixes on android ironically microsoft came out and said hey guys we don't do this we're in the clear yeah which was uh, you know good well there's them. a lot of things their phone doesn't do but in this case there's a good thing that their phone yes. doesn't do so yeah props to them uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the prototypes. I haven't actually seen these. I didn't see this story this morning. Does so it, the, this the, is brand the, new, right? The, yesterday, I've seen a, there's ago. a couple of mock-ups and a couple of you know shady uh, Chinese you know spy photos that I could also this. be mock-ups. Yeah, it's, it's and these are it's from that one website where they have where the iPhone, white iPhone first came out. Also, um, basically, people at Foxconn or other places that might be manufacturing the iPhone have basically leaked out the. Uh, the early samples. It's high risk behavior. But what it, it basically looks like is it's thinner, more like an iPod touch. Okay. With actually an angled back so that it's so slightly the screen more like back. a calculator. It's so like an iPhone at a two very, style? Almost like a wedge. Head two? Oh, no, wow. Well, so like a, like a wedge angle. So if the, if the, so it's like skinnier at the bottom than sitting, the top? Yeah, if it's sitting flat, the, the screen will be sl- very slightly I angled. don't know about that. You um, said that about the iPhone 4. Trust in the Apple. And a slightly bigger screen that goes more to, not necessarily a bigger form factor, but the screen goes more to the edges. So when mm-hmm. you say slightly bigger, it's very slightly. Very slightly We're not bigger, talking about the same like, resolution. So, yeah. it, so it would actually be slightly sub-retina. Than if the quote-unquote retina. Yeah. Sub, sub-retina doesn't really concern me that I much. love the way that every time I say the word retina, you actually roll your retinas. I, I, do, I, do, I do roll <laughs> my eyes every time somebody says retina display. It's a high-resolution High pixel density screen. So, you know, I'm not seeing anything yet that, that takes us off our track of think, feeling like this will be mostly an incremental update. Maybe smaller, maybe a better, maybe a Assuming this screen. is even real. I mean, I, I, the history yeah. of iPhone prototype spy photos is pretty hit or miss. It's a mixed bag, but, yeah. you know, sometimes they've got it right. That's true. Occasionally. I mean, it's hard to I mean, obviously, the last, the last thing was where they actually, someone actually got their hands on the phone. But I remember, I remember seeing those, some of those early kind of like Vietnamese, like a guy in a Vietnamese yeah, cafe yeah, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, and that was, that was the iPhone 4. It, it ended up being the, the real thing. It turned out being real. So who knows? Um, so yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. I, I'll, we'll wait and see. I mean, do you guys think that the white iPhone coming out this week lends credence to the uh, September rumors for new yes. iPhone? Yeah, absolutely. Kind of feels like gonna, that. I think they're going to, they're going to get a nice few months. Again, they're going to get that spike off people that, we're yeah, waiting. It, re- it refreshes this generation a little bit. Like people are, are attracted to the to the white one. It seems. I mean, and lots of people really just go out and buy cell phones the moment, like when when they want a cell phone when yeah. their contract expires, yep. Yep. and don't pay attention to product cycles, which is fine. I mean, no no problem with. But that. the thing is, if it does come out in September, does that mean next year worth wait also until September, or will it be like a July release? Well, waiting until September year. is a kind of a. I mean, waiting a little bit until the contracts are going to be up is a is a good move. The contracts are up usually in July, though. Well, no, the two year contracts are up in July. If you spend more than a hundred dollars a month or something, then you get a an eighteen, 18 or fourteen months. month contract. So that's more like in January. So yeah, I mean, you're conceivably into the into the really cheap upgrade. And period. this probably means that we will now finally see a simultaneous white and black iPhone. Yeah. Next gen launch. Yeah, like available. In a lot of ways, an 18 month cycle on the iPhone makes more sense than a 12 month cycle, just because then you can get into that into that rapid upgrade uh, cycle on AT and T. At least Verizon doesn't do that. Yeah, but uh, we'll see. I don't know. Interesting. So, I mean, stuff. But certainly, no, Norm, still nothing that's going to shake you from your. That's it. You're, I'm, you're still skipping this generation. Skipping this generation. Norm's iPhone. Not buying Apple. Skipping stuff this, this year. generation in the iPad. Too. No, I'm buying the uh, MacBook Air once it gets Sandy Bridge. 
Are you going by the 13 or 11? 11. I went on Mac Rumors the other day to look at their, you know, their update guide. Yeah. Um, and I expect to see the MacBook Air saying, like, don't buy updates soon. It's, it's still saying kind of like mid-product cycle. So I don't know how far away the Sandy Bridge really is. I want it now. I have to wait a few more we're months. See, we're seeing Sandy Bridge coming into smaller laptops from Samsung and Lenovo and those guys. So, it, like, the technology's there. Maybe that Apple's going to wait for the next – for the Well, talk it sounds like the, the Sandy tick. Bridge iMacs are coming in the next week. Yeah, that, maybe. I might actually buy refresh. one of those. Yeah. You need a new monitor or something? I, I'm thinking I might actually, yeah. Goodness. Um, Yahoo sells Delicious to YouTube founders. I don't know if anyone's still using Delicious. I used to use it to sync bookmarks, but then when Chrome added that, I needed it no longer. Well, people used to use Delicious before Dig was a thing, so that gives you a sense of how old Delicious is. God, we and used, we well, but Delicious use... was never about finding stories well, for me. Well, some it was no, about sharing you, links for you. It was about bookmarking. Yeah, it was it was a repository. It was like an Instapaper kind of thing. It was community um, bookmarks. They used to use Delicious on the PC Gamer podcast yeah. as a way to share. Yeah, links. I did it on Mac PC too. Google Docs just does that yep. now. Yeah, but um, no, but for a lot of people, still use it like Delicious for for, for podcasts that share was, links at least was yeah. for discovery. I never really understood exactly what it was or. What the benefit was of using it, and that product always well, they were they were weird to me. They were early Web 2.0, right? I mean, they had a weird URL because it was like it's all spelled right. out with dots. Yeah, no dot com. Yeah, which I and, which I found again kind of obfuscatory. Whenever I had to, if I didn't have it bookmarked, I could never yeah. remember what I was supposed to type. You gotta in. type yeah. in actually the word delicious in Google, and then it'll be the first one. Right. right. Um. They they use tags, so you could. The thing that I liked about delicious was it let you tag, uh, tag bookmarks. So then, for example, I would install the Delicious Firefox plugin, and I would have a tag that was Toolbar Home, Toolbar Work, and then I would tag. So instead of just putting your bookmarks into folders, which means that you can have one bookmark, the bookmark is only in one folder. You could assign multiple ideas to a bookmark. So like if I had a bookmark that was about finance and a bookmark that was about computers, <coughs> I could put finance and computers on okay. it, which made it easy for me to keep track of stuff. All right. However. Ultimately, having searchable bookmarks made all of that useless, and I was much better off just, uh, you know, just just using sync bookmarks across all my computers and right. not having to worry about it. Right. But the news is that Delicious, uh, since Yahoo's announced announced a while ago that they would be uh, turning it off the service, yeah, um, it's been bought. Yeah. So uh, uh, Chad Hurley and Steve Chen, who are the founders of YouTube and apparently have a lot of money now, and I don't think we're Google anymore, uh, are have bought Delicious. So interesting to see what they do with that. This is the second bookmarks uh, tool that's been saved in the last like six months. Because didn't Xmarks get bought as well? Xmarks did get bought. That was a it's, that was a bookmarks syncing tool. Same kind. I mean, it, there wasn't similar, a website where you saw most of your bookmarks. That's true. Uh, Droid Incredible Two out on Thursday, running Froyo. Yeah, very very uh, minor upgrade. And uh, actually, they weren't even showing it at CTIA at the HTC booth. Uh, hardware upgrade, you mean is minor? Have yeah, minor, minor hardware upgrade. Incredible. Is this the Incredible HD or the Incredible or Incredible Two. 3D? No, it's not. That's a different phone. That's, that's Evo 3D. Evo 3D. Sorry. Um, and this is just on Verizon. I think it's going to get. Uh, no one's going to notice it because the uh, the, the um, Thunderbolt be the is the Thunderbolt is the top phone right now on Verizon. Okay. Uh, despite its crappy battery life and. Um, and it's only like less than a year, or maybe just around a year after. It's almost exactly a year, year old, yeah. Exactly one year, because it came out on the 27th last year, and it's coming out on the 28th this year. Um, and people are still on contract. I think people actually, if you talk to the people who own the Incredible, and last year we were pretty high on it. It was the premier Android phone it, for a It was, because yeah. it, it, it was basically the Nexus 1, but on Verizon with, um, with, with a little, little bit of form factor, change form factor and touch sense. Uh, but battery has been really a uh, poor um, performer on uh, the Incredible, oh. and 
you can swap out the battery, and everyone I know who has an Incredible has like the double at battery, at least a two, a two or three batteries. This is a four G phone, the Incredible Two. Yes, it is. Okay, yeah. Um, or or they have the double the double wide battery is the other thing I've seen for Incredible owners. Um, but I, I'm not that interested in a TouchSense phone. I'm really not interested in a Froyo phone. No, I'm I'm fine with TouchSense phones, and the new TouchSense actually looks kind of cool. Uh, they're demoing some some of that stuff at um at CTIA using like the gyro. So you know the Touch TouchSense has that crazy like window panes thing where yeah. you kind of zoom out a little bit and and then can they slide have, around. You can slide around, and now ha- there's like a almost like an augmented reality f- feature built in where you can move the phone around. Um, to switch between the paints. I, I don't know how functional it's going to be. It's kind of cool. Um, but they're at least doing different things with Android. Um, that sounds like the kind useful. of thing that people put in like Ubuntu as a as an experimental feature where you can people flip something use, on. People use Ubuntu, use Android. Well, you said that I'm tr- I get confused by all the different food names. Is Froyo not the, the latest? Gingerbread. Gingerbread. Okay, they're so, alphabetical. Okay, so, so, so you're saying that this, the fact that this is launching with Froyo, that's a negative. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Thumbs Correct. down. Not and because cool. it's HTC Sense, it won't be. It's not stock for you. Why? Why don't? I, I, this is what cr- drives me crazy about Android. There's so much choice out there, and that's in in one way a good thing. In the other way, I think it's very easy to be get confused. Why? Well, that's because you're you're an Apple customer. You're used to only having to buy one I'm product at a time. Told, I'm used to being told yeah, what to buy. Steve says buy this. And I'm you not used to exercising my own judgment right. or free will, and that's why I get very confused when I'm asked to. Right. But what? So explain to me why would the uh, the latest phone, yes. Android Incredible Two, which is coming out yes. this week, not have the latest operating system? Because they put TouchSense the, their custom UI on it, and they haven't ported that to Gingerbread yet. And TouchSense, the version they've been developing on, um, it is just on Android. It would, it would they have to re-engineer it. It's I mean, basically, like they can say, let's apply the TouchSense skin to any version right. of Android. So they think that their skin is more valuable than the newer than version the of Android. Yes. That, I That's the insanity. That. I don't agree. You're absolutely correct to not agree. That is idiotic. I mean, and and the, and the, so this is where I, don't, I can't. I wish I could remember who suggested this. A reader a few weeks ago suggested that instead of thinking of Android phones as Android phones, we should think of stock Android phones as Android phones. And touch sense phones as touch sense phones, and moto blur phones as moto blur phones, and whatever LG's thing is called, I never can remember as as whatever LG's thing is. Now, is this part of what Google's going to be cracking down on with its? With, well, they've come out and said they aren't going to actually do that. I mean, Andy Rubin came out and said we're not going to do a lot of the stuff that was in that Business Week article a few weeks ago. Thing is, if I if I'm Google, yeah, I want Android. Yeah. To be in front of us, the, the best and latest version that we've worked hard to create to be in front of many as many people as possible. If Motorola is saying, well, you can't have, you know, even though you've got this great operating system, the latest version that has many improvements, it has to sit on the shelf because we'd rather put our own shitty interface on top of it. As Google, I would say, fuck off. Well, they, it's open source, dude. So what Google can say, we talked about this before, but what Google can say is, you're more than welcome to do that, but you can't put Gmail or, or the right. app marketplace or any of our closed source stuff on it. And you can't call it Android because that's a trademark. You can call it whatever you want. Right. They need to start getting tougher I, on I these I couldn't guys. agree more. I think that – I mean I think – the thing is TouchSense has traditionally been the, the least offensive of the choices. And in the pre-Eclair days was significantly better than stock Android. Right. So like I, I almost think a grandfather and the HTC people because a lot of people who bought early Android phones are used to, to TouchSense. Yeah. And so I mean the, the, this is the problem with fragmenting the market it, with custom UIs is that if – if to Joe Blow, Android means touch sense and he goes out and buys a Moto Blur phone, he's going to be confused and angry. Given the choice as an educated consumer, wouldn't you always prefer to have – Always buy stock. 
the phone the phone that has the most up to date Android and no other stuff on top of it. Well, except for the choice is, is uh, more challenging because right now the phone with the mo- best hardware has Moto Blur, and the phone with the best with the with the most recent OS is a single core Snapdragon. So it's right. an old Nexus. Yeah, so it's Nexus S, which is single core, really nice screen, but just kind of slower hardware. Versus like the Atrix or some of the other – the Thunderbolt and the newer dual-core phones that are uh, higher-end phones but have shittier software. So for example, if you had to make the choice, which – Nexus has. You'd, ra- you'd rather have the cleaner uh, OS. All day long. Yeah. Yep. I agree. All day long. I agree. Yeah. I mean, in fact, actually, when they announced that there's an AT&T – when there's – now that there's an AT&T version of Nexus S that you can buy from like some skeezy importer. Right. I've, I've really seriously thought about buying one for myself just so I, I have a stock Nexus experience – a stock Android experience. So there's, there are many, many Android phones out there that all have these different kind of interfaces on top. But if you want – the pure Android experience is really yes. only one way you can go, right? Well, Which no, is no. The Nexus. Or are there other No, phones? there are other pure – like the G2 from T-Mobile was okay. a pure Android experience. So not a particularly good phone. But yeah, I mean there are phones that are – Well, stock- let's not say not particularly good phone because a lot of people do like that phone. Well, OK. It's a phone that was, at, was had a very mixed reception. OK. Uh, you, you know, it, it's it's – the reason people – the reason I say it's not a particularly good phone is because it has a hardware keyboard and I don't see the need for the bulk on that. But – People I, I really want words. Android, uh, Google to get more on top of this because I, you know, although I, you know, I seem to criticize it a lot, I do think Android is a good OS. The problem is that there's this shit they put on top of it. Well, they need to start controlling that. I, I mean, and, and part of it, the, th- the other thing is there's a right way to put stuff on top of it and there's a bad way to put stuff on top of it. The bad way gets in, in the way of the, of the, of the experience, but it slows down performance. You know, the good way is a really positive thing. And, and, you know, let's, if you let people extend your OS in a way that's positive for the user, then, then that's, that can be a good thing. I mean, I guess I but see there's, a, they, there's a balance. I can understand why they do it. Cause I've asked this question before is that once you defer the entire user experience portion of your product to another company, like you're not building your own OS anymore, you're basically saying, okay, Google, we're going to put that in your right. hands. How do you – the only way that you can then distinguish yourself is with hardware. Yeah, I mean but, at that point you're comparing a bunch of different black pieces of metal with four-inch screens. But it seems like they want to have their cake and eat it. They want to, they want to say, well, Google's going to provide this great OS for free. Yeah. Uh, and we don't have to worry about that. But we also still want to make our phone unique. So we're going to put our own little extra cherry on top it's, as well. It's, this is going to work itself out over the next couple of years. I'm, I'm not – I mean it sucks now – when you're buying an Android phone, just be aware of what software comes on it, and and don't if you don't want Moto Blur, you don't want TouchWiz, or you don't want HTC Sense, don't buy those phones. What's the most annoying of all these extra the layers? TouchWiz, touch I think. Well, the That's old, the, old the, the newer TouchWiz, the, the TouchWiz that was on the Galaxy Tab was actually okay. TouchWiz on honey on on tablets is different than TouchWiz on phones. But the early TouchWiz on the Galaxy One, Galaxy S One phones was terrible. It, the ones on the Galaxy S Two uh, actually still look terrible because Samsung forces like their uh, their game client, their game marketplace, mm. their music marketplace, their books marketplace on top. Right. Um, there's also been, while we're talking about Apple and Android stuff, there's been a little bit of movement. Apple, you know, has sued uh, Amazon over the App Store trademark. Apple, uh, Amazon has responded saying, hey, App Store is a generic term uh, and cited some examples of actually Steve Jobs using App Store as a generic term in financial calls and things like that. Uh, that's going on. We don't know what's going to happen with that. It's, that's, I think. It, it's I don't think it matters. Super lame. It's, I agree with Norm. Don't care too much about that. Don't care. App Store is. I agree. A complete generic term. App just is a generic store. Word store is a generic just because term. Apple capitalizes it and doesn't mean that they own it. Also related to that, Apple has actually given up on their uh, trademark attempt or their attempt to trademark the word pod. The first oh, I didn't pod. know that. So uh, well, they're you, no mean, you longer. Could, you could say container store is a generic term, but if I opened up a shop called Container Store, I'm sure I'd be hearing from the people at the Container Store very very soon. You could open up a shop called a container store, though. 
Yeah. I guess I could. Because they're store. the container store. Right. Um, so, yeah. So uh, they're no longer pursuing uh, trademarking pod. So everyone can call their pod. Well, because they don't pod. care about pod anymore because the yeah. music player market is gone. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, one last thing on Apple. Do you guys read the story on um, – what's the guy's name? Uh, Coke? Coke? I can never pronounce his name. K-O-T-T-K-E. Cocky, uh, cocky. I don't. I, I don't know. How to pronounce he wrote this it. article. He's a he's a, a huge, uh, very very popular blogger and a notable internet pioneer. Um, he wrote this article about how uh, he thinks companies can beat Apple. So he lays out a couple points uh, about what Apple doesn't do well and what companies sh- like Android where they and, should be where where HP the weak points are. And, yeah, and that's Microsoft, a good idea for where, an article. They, where, where they should uh, where they should be attacking. Um, and the four points he lays out. Uh, one is uh, social. So, um, yeah, there's no, there's no, all of Apple's attempts to do social ping game yeah. center, complete failures. Who uses game center? No one. I look at the leaderboards for tiny wings. Anyone use ping? Uh, what's no ping one. again? Yeah, exactly. Um, is that Twitter for music? It's kind, kind of, I guess. You, Florence uses that. I, 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 people who work for Apple publications, I guess okay. have to use that. Um, but that's something that companies like Facebook and Zynga do exceptionally well. So uh, this is why, like, if Facebook made a phone and it was completely integrated, uh, the social part of it, no, that's I, a I way don't, I don't want, attack Apple. I'm not interested, I, I, in, Facebook I'm not interested in Facebook phone okay. either. But I'm just saying, that's something that's a weakness. These are weaknesses of Apple. Okay. What else? Uh, two, Apple can't do the cloud very well. They, yeah, they have, they have not me, done that at all Mobile so me far. has sucked. They're going to be rolling out a big uh, cloud music cloud service. Music service. I don't, so this is, uh, I again, don't, hold on. I don't even think you can call MobileMe the cloud, though. Mobile I mean, MobileMe. totally the cloud. What, what do you store there? You, there's photos and you can make it's, janky it's, websites? It's, MobileMe is very poor. And I think they're reinventing MobileMe pretty soon as well, aren't they going to announce Yeah, We've been talking about that for like three years now. Yeah. Well, it was called I, iTunes. Well, I mean, Mac, I mean they, they, they had the big reinvention. They had Mac.com. Mm-hmm. And then that became they, with a lot of fanfare. Yeah. They turned it to Mobile Me. Mobile, I, I don't. I paid for it. I don't use it. Yeah, right. That's I, every I, time I see somebody with a dot Mac, even the iDisc stuff. That, I mean, the only thing I use Mobile Me for really is if you ever lost my iPhone, to find my iPhone. But isn't that free now? That's free anyway? now. Yeah. yeah, and and Dropbox has supplanted the That's iDisc. The stuff Dropbox in a is so Dropbox, much better. Than if you compare iDisc. the way Dropbox and iDisc and Mobile Me work, Dropbox so easy to use. So again, one well, of the ways because Apple wants it's part of their culture. It's not because they do it. They don't. They don't know how to do it. It's because it's part of their uh, well, their way of doing. It's things. because for that stuff to work, it has to be really multi-platform, and because you can't really get i iDisc on uh, other platforms that people use. It's only of interest to people who are in it's, pure it's Apple households. Own slow. multiple Macs. Yeah, it's really slow. Yeah, and then the other features like you know photo, video galleries, and sharing that stuff. There's already a dozen other places where I can do that. Well, but uh, I mean, on the other hand, they've done well with the music store, and I think that they understand the pain points for people on music. They've been watching Amazon for sure. So I mean, I, I I'm and they bought Simplify. Yeah, so they're, they're definitely going to understand something. that as well. And when they come out with their cloud music service, it, it will be like a ma- another make or break thing for Apple's uh, attempt against the cloud. And yeah, I mean, they, they can't they can't fail. Well, and, it, and they can afford to fail. And the launch of the music service is an opportunity for for it's a, it's an inflection point. So you know, if you look at if you look at like markets, tech markets traditionally, like video card markets, there were inflection points at the launch of the 3DFX cards. What's an inflection point? It's 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 a point at which everything is in flux and the whole thing can change. Okay. So for example, 3DFX launch changed video cards forever. 2D video cards essentially went away, mm-hmm. became integrated in these other things over the next two years, and then 
uh, when you went to programmable pipelines, it changed again, right? NVIDIA and ATI uh, quickly supplanted the the early Matrox and 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 uh, and 3DFX and and Power VR and Rendition was the other one, I think. So the early cards fell away. The early companies fell aside. Same thing happened with browsers. Same thing happens with OSs. It, you know, it, it's this this cloud based music storage is going to be another inflection point, and whoever nails it first is going to have a huge advantage. Except Apple locks everybody out of their platform except for them, and they're the big platform mm-hmm. or the one of the two big platforms. I mean, they've certainly got the most leverage going in, right? I, I mean, I wonder how long before Amazon comes at them and says, "Hey, you locking us out of your music, you not allowing us in your music store is uh, is anti-competitive." Right. Soon. Uh, the third big weakness pointed out: uh, iTunes. iTunes is getting so bloated. It's shit. It, well, we all know iTunes is not the well software liked by power. You, everyone but shit. the casuals don't like it. Even the my wife hates iTunes. Yeah, it, I mean, as a music organizer, which what it originally was supposed to be, it's your jukebox. Uh, it still works. It's slow, despite the, it's it's bad all over. It's bad, slow software. There are too many things in it. It's, well, there's too much integration with their music. It doesn't. Store. It doesn't handle large large libraries well. You can't store stuff on a network easily. It's a constant pain in the ass to do that. It, and and the fact that it's suddenly the place to put my books and like word documents on my phone and mm. and videos. Why? And also it being the, the way you manage your mobile devices. Um, everything about iTunes like that needs to be broken up. And that's a big, and the fact that they're keeping it in one big package with QuickTime. Well, what's is funny? A big win- what's route. what's funny is in the early days of OS X and Tiger and and uh, um, and uh, what was the one before Tiger Panther? Yes, Panther Jaguar maybe one of those. In the, the first time I used OS X on a day to day basis, they actually had a phone sync tool that would sync with your feature phone or with your like Windows Mobile smartphone or Palm or whatever over Bluetooth. And would handle all of the contact syncing and the and the, the getting files and stuff on the device. So when the iPhone launched and it became you had to sync that through iTunes, that was the departure. That was a departure for them in a lot that of ways. That seems to be the problem is that the the music player and the music store. I don't mind those being integrated because that makes sense. No, that makes it. sense. Yeah, but but the fact that it's now also become iTunes has kind of become the overall kind of content management program for your phone or mm-hmm. your tablet. Right. That's that's where it's got a little woolly. Well, and you're stuck with those because like if you have a like I I sync my stuff from my Mac, which is a laptop. It has a 250 gig drive in it, mm-hmm. and basically if I if I want to put. Um, if I, I can't keep all my apps on the Mac, I, I, now, uh, we have a large number of apps because we do the apps of the week thing every week and that, that results in a lot of cruft. But I mean, I have to manage my music selection. There's no good photo sync program for the PC. So if you sync your iPhone or iPod or iPad with the PC, then you don't get the faces and events and all that stuff that comes down mm-hmm. through it's iPhoto metadata. Um, I mean, it is a bad, ex- it's a bad experience. Also, I mean, but I think separating into different apps is a bad idea too. Well, just to be clear, why isn't it more highly integrated into OS ten? Why isn't iTunes? Why is it still an, a separate app? And why isn't it just part of the OS? Right? Why don't you just? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's fifty different ways to do that that are better than the existing way. Mm. Okay, and the fourth thing, uh, and this is uh, kind of controversial. Hold is, on, hold on. I want one more thing. Right. One thing that it does do kind of okay is backing up, and that's a perennial problem on both Android and Windows Phone. Is backing up the contents of your phone is sure. significantly hard. Now, that's an easy problem for for other companies to fix. I don't it know should why, be why they haven't fixed it, but the Apple, way Apple does it, I mean, it takes a long time, but it works. Well, but it, except they make it too easy for you to accidentally wipe out your backup. I mean, this is also another. I did that last week. A lot of people week. don't know where it's stored, and it, well, and if you and if yeah, you no set up as a new phone instead of restore, then it wipes out the last backup. Wipes out the default backup. Yeah, which is bad. So anyway, there's problems there, but 
that's one thing that they do do well, even though I still feel like it shouldn't be a night. Sorry, then, go ahead. The, the final point, um, which you can argue whether it's, it's real point or not, is that the only thing that Apple do well, Apple does well, are the things that Steve Jobs personally cares about. The stuff that, that he uses. The stuff he uses. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. Jobs uses Keynote, and so it's very good. He doesn't, he probably doesn't use uh, iCal, so not, not as good. Um, and because he is so invested and so hands on with those products that he uses frequently, it feels like a lot of the other products and Apple has a ton of products now that get neglected. I, I, I mean, yeah, as, as they do more and more products, that's going to happen more and more because there's only so much Steve uses. Um, I, I, you look at like GarageBand, which has had the same problems for the last five years. That's, that's kind of inexcusable. iPhoto, they finally fixed so you can have a large photo library attached to it, but iPhoto still handles multiple storage locations really poorly. And if you're somebody who uses a laptop as your primary computer and you also take photos, you're, you're you know, you're not going to be able to store all of your photos on, on one hard drive. I mean, you need to put them on a network storage place or an external drive or something like that. And the iPhone, iPhoto breaks every single time you do that. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, there's a, this is a good article. I, uh, you'll have to get to send the link. I'd like to read it. Although I think we probably hit all the high points just then. Yeah. Um, next up, uh, the Asus, Asus Transformer sold out. Amazing, sold out. This is the you can't buy their, it in stores. Is this a honeycomb tablet? This is a honeycomb tablet hybrid PC, the one that where they that really. Oh, it's that thing. Okay. Uh, no, I really had not awkward. I've not seen this before, commercial. and I have to say, I'm, I'm usually very uh, cynical about these tablets with the keyboards, but I think it was a cool idea. It, it looks neat. Look, it looks like a laptop, and then when you want it to be a tablet, you just the top half of the screen just snaps off. It's kind of like what Atrix did with um, that. Uh, the Motorola Atrix with the crazy laptop dock, except the screen of the tablet is it the screen of your this little netbook? Right. Yeah. Uh, so they sold out. There is a dark side to this story. The dark side to this story is it seems like they probably shipped a few thousand into the market, a very small number. Well, we don't know exactly. We don't know the number, but if you look at their Facebook page, it is pretty ugly right now. Not like Nestle ugly, but it's it's not a good. A lot of unhappy campers. There's a lot of upset people. Amazon's saying that they're shipping. They don't know when they're shipping. It's 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 a mess. Are they unhappy about the fact that they just can't can't get one or are they are they unhappy the way that Asus is spinning it like this is some great sales I think, victory? I think oh. a, I think a, both. I think a lot of people pre-ordered them on the first day that they were available and are pissed that they don't have them when they're when they're sold out. I um, saw a theory that that said that Asus uh part of the problem is that they they miss calculated the number of people that would want the, the whole demand. keyboard combo. Yeah. That they made much fewer of the combos than they, they did just the tablet. That's portion. possible. Because it's apparently – so you can buy either just a tablet I think or you can, can buy them individually. the yeah. whole laptop kit. Yeah. I know, and the, the good thing is that was a little more reasonably priced than like the Atrix's laptop dock, which was is crazy expensive. But any time a new product comes out and sells out, you know, skeptics always ask the question, well, did they – Deliberately restrict demand so they could t- have a story about being sold but, out. I mean, in, in this case, it seems pretty ridiculous. You can count the lines at Apple stores and multiply by the number of stores and know that you know Apple shipped millions well, of thing. iPhone in, in, 4s in every case, like one. with the Wii or whatever. You know, people right. always ask these questions. Again, they're more the tinfoil hat crowd. Clearly, the, you know, with every console launch and the Apple launches, many many units are shipped. Well, if we're talking about literally a few thousand of these. Then that's kind of stupid. Well, we don't know that, but I mean, that's the that's the assumption. The thing that I would say is, I'm really sick of people managing. Uh, supply chain to get either people to line up in front of stores or to have these big sellout stories. It's really dopey. Like, I, well, especially when people are like, like genuinely excited about the product. Yeah. The reviews have been pretty good. And, you know, these are people, the early adopters are going to be the ones who spread the word about it. They're your, they're your best marketers. Right. Well, not now, turns well, out. Now, now they're just complainers. Yeah. This has turned into a, a PR backlash for them. So it would seem. Well, uh, I'm interested in it. We're from our friends at Asus and yeah. see what's up. 
we we I would have loved to I'd love to test it out. Um, it looks like a very neat product. Uh, Nook Color Froyo update finally. So and so they've added apps. apps. Yeah, Angry Birds is on the Nook Color. Woohoo! So, but it's weird because you buy the apps through like a Barnes and Noble app store, right? Not yes. through Amazon's app store or, or Android app Android store. Android app store. I wonder how long before somebody sideloads that on. Well, I, my question is, what's the performance like compared to like a uh, Honeycomb on Nook Color? Nook Color is has been a interesting option for some people who want a cheap tablet. So. So um, when this when this when they released this update, I immediately put the nut color back on the charger, and it was in like the emergency hibernate super deep. We need to charge for twelve hours mode before you can use it because we haven't used it since the probably the review. It's a problem up. with uh, ebooks in general, man. What happens when power goes out in the far future? It's, it's like that Twilight Zone episode, the distant remember? future, the year two thousand. Remember the guy trapped in uh, no Burgess Meredith? Yeah, he, yeah, he he the glasses, he yeah. His glasses. It's like ebooks in the future. I think Power it goes out. You can't read. You know that Burgess Meredith thing is kind of bullshit, though. Because if I were him, I would have just gone around looking for corpses and pulling the glasses off until I found some that worked. How could he find the corpses? His glasses broke. Braille method, dude. You it just was, reach it around like, and feel. It, it was a post-apocalyptic nuclear like holocaust. There's, there's. I, I mean, if you if you get it, you got to get All crazy. All he had were the books. You got to get crazy. You go find an optic. The thing is, you get a magnifying glass, hold it right up your face, and you read all the books about being an optician and learn how to make glasses. Yeah, I think he was a little too old for that. Well, that's possible. Also, he was a metaphor. Why was he in a bank vault in the first place? That's the shadiest uh, I think part of the about whole his thing. Wife, because like, he worked in a bank. He worked in a bank and he wanted to go in the bank vault to read. He just wanted to be left alone. And uh, he was. Is that what we all there. want, really? Yeah, just be alone with these books. Google Docs. I want to say, by the way, just oh, before okay. we move on, I, 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 I am not thrilled about this. The products like the Nook Color. I, I don't. I don't love it. I like. We, I, I like that we live in a simple world where, on the one side of the fence, we have these all singing or dancing tablets, like the iPad and yeah. the Playbook and you know, okay. the, the Android tablets. And on the other side, we've got these much cheaper, very simple, dedicated reading devices, like the Kindle and the Nook. As the the Nook is starting to get ideas above its station, I think, and it's it's moving more into tablet territory. It's like kind of a sub tablet product now. Well, it plays Angry Birds like that. It, it's I don't know. I like it when it's simpler. It's been a tablet. I mean, it's been a people. The thing is, I think this is a reaction to people actually going out and hacking the Nook Color to be a cheap tablet. But I mean, no, they, they've announced this at the very beginning when they announced Nook Color. Uh, it was true. always going to be a it tablet like loftier aspirations. It was right, and for many people. Especially with uh, Android tablets, not power users, people just want the ebook. They want the essentials, right? They want Pandora, ebook, and Angry Birds, right? And and maybe Twitter. And if no color is priced right, you know, 150 bucks or less. Well, it's 250, I think. Uh, I have less than that. It, oh, maybe it, less it, than it, that it, now. Is, it is. Yeah, you're right. It, it wasn't 500 dollars, but right. it's a, ch- a relatively cheap way for people to get the tablet experience. The you know, and, and it's like a it's like a it's like a e-books. training wheels tablet. Yeah. I mean, I'm actually okay with that. It's like a feature phone. If Barnes and Noble can sell an okay Android tablet and subsidize the some of the startup cost with book sales over the lifetime lifespan of the device, I'm totally okay with that. I think that's awesome. Um, I, I the thing I don't it, performance has to be there, and I think that was always the kind of question with that device. Uh, but we'll we'll see how the new one is. I, I'm going to install the software and, yeah, and see how it, see how it actually is. We'll I've been do ser- about it seriously week. consider the whole dual wielding thing of getting a, a dedicated Kindle. I I use a dedicated Kindle to read. I I like the reflective screen much better than mm. the trans. Uh, trans- I'm always saying, but every time I pick one up, I'm always like, for some reason that you want to touch the screen. The the impressiveness of the of the quality e ink never goes away. Like I always I always want to peel off the fake. You know, piece of plastic. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. But that, it's not—it's it's, not a fake piece of plastic. No, it's, it's, it's that's the screen. It's, it's, it's also because the ink 
it's, it never looks like it's below, beneath any glass. Right, it looks it like it's right, right there. on the surface. Yeah. If they can just make the, 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 the pixel density, the resolution just a little bit better, and I'm sure we'll see that as the technology improves. Well, the, I mean, the things that they've done have improved the contrast and improved the pixel density. And also, I mean, it's, the, so uh, that'll continue. The controller chips have gone faster. Faster, so yeah. The refreshes are. I think, oh, are the, the, the next gen, I may be. Uh, it may be a while before we see next gen Kindle. This one's pretty good. It's thin, it's light, it's, I mean, it's cheap. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Just a little cheaper now because the uh, the ad supported versions came out today. Oh, it's finally available. I thought ad it was supposed to be available until May. They, uh, it's it's out. That's crazy. Ad supported Kindle. I wouldn't buy that. You mean with offers? Kindle with, with, Kindle offers. with offers. Kindle with special offers. Right. Oh. Right. Um, oh, thank you. Google Docs, the official app, comes to Android. Kind of uneventful, except for one thing: you can pick up your your. Android phone, tablet, whatever, take a photo of a document and it will OCR it into a real editable document. I don't buy that. I'll believe don't, that technology when I see it. I don't care about OCR. I, mean, I tried it. It's Google Goggles. It, it doesn't do it on the phone. It sends it to Google. Google's right. data centers process uh, it. And it you it skeptics. This is magic. See, magic, I tell you. I feel like a, feel like a spy technology. taking pictures of microphone yeah. with a camera. Goodness. Yeah, this is, like this is, you're, you're waiting for it to scan and like the guards are breaking down the doors. Mm-hmm. Like, well, no, you take the pictures and then run. Why isn't there an iOS version of this? Why did Android get it first? Well, I'm oh, go. well, it's Google. Okay, they, obviously. Yeah, just, good morning. It took me a second to Hello. get there. Fairly obvious. Uh, it's a good thing you're cute, Gary. Uh, Lenovo's Honeycomb tablets, tablets leaked last week during our great outage. We haven't talked about that, but we'll talk about it in a minute. Uh the tablets look good. They look nice and thin. Look good. There's I mean, a stylus option, uh, seven inch and nine point seven inch. Um, I think it's they're fairly standard. Lenovo just wants to get in the game. Um, I think uh, they will position their tablets to be a playbook competitor. It'll be more business class. Okay. Um, not so much uh, emphasize on the consumer w- market. W- did you think that they look more industrial design, like the ThinkPads or like the consumer laptops that they sell? Do, do you remember that those uh, Toshiba tablets we saw at CES? Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of kind of like those. Oh, yeah. So not super sleek. Ooh. Um, also on the t- Android tablet front, Sony unveiled theirs. They have a folder that looks kind yeah. of interesting. So Sony the unveiled also two tablets, S1 and S2, I think are the, the code names. Um, honeycomb tablets. One looks like a very standard, uh, large the screen slate tablet. design, yeah. And was one, it 10 inches or 7? I think 9.7. Uh, okay. No, 10 nine, inch, yeah. Okay. Uh, without any big specs. They just, right. kind of just like, they some images pictures, and some yeah. code names. And, uh, the other one is like the, uh, Kyocera Echo, uh, a, Dual screen honeycomb tablet basically uses the same type of technology that the Kyocera Echo does, where you can have a web browser on top and the virtual keyboard at the bottom. You'd be running two apps at once. Uh, it folds. Uh, it kind of when it folds, it looks like a uh, almost like a PlayStation. I want to say because it's, it's like a like a, it's like a has that semicircle. Oh uh, wow! Okay, design. It's not perfect circle, but it's like it's definitely curved that like way. A PS Go. Um, no, no, not even like that. You know how the PlayStation it's like rounded on top. Oh, right, right, at the right. bottom. It's kind of like the that. hump. The, it definitely has a hump. The old school PlayStation, not this. I guess no, the PlayStation does 3. it too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the last thing is that Nintendo confirmed. We talked about this last week. Nintendo confirmed. Well, we we, we didn't really talk about it last week. So last week we made, we all of us made uh, weird well, predictions. Predictions, and I think the general consensus on the couch was HD. You still using the the waggle controls and also. Uh, some maybe some type of backward uh, compatibility support. So this is for the Wii follow-up. They're, they're confirming 2012, and it'll be yes. playable at E3. Which I think is surprising that it'll be playable this E3 and then out next holiday. Well, when you have a strong first-party developer lineup, then it's easy to do that, or easier to do that. When the first Wii came out, it, it was out that Christmas. 
Yeah, it is surprising, I guess, that it's 2012. But I bet it's not going to be Christmas. They didn't say it was holiday 2012. We already know what the big story of, of E3 is. It's very hard to imagine something bigger than this. Well, because, Xbox 720. Well, yeah. And did you, do you think so, Sony and Microsoft have really got something in their back pocket like that? No. Probably not. For this E3? Probably I doubt not. It. doubt it very um, much. It's going, to be, it's going to be 2006 all over again with the lines. It's, it's not a bad idea for, so, for, my, for Nintendo to roll this out early because if there's massive demand – uh, early, then that gives them time to ramp up so they don't miss. Essentially, on the Wii launch year, they missed holiday because they were selling out everything they could make. Uh, and they weren't making that much. And it's so also, this gives them time to get supply chain stuff going so they can actually sell a lot. And, and also the gauge of the response because right. uh, what they're saying is that it's going to be a new type of control, new way to interact with the games. Right. Something something innovative and fresh. I'm, I'm really interested to see. I know a lot of people, like a lot of the message board comments I've seen about this have been hey, I got burned on the Wii the first time since the last time I put a disc in that was to play New Super Mario Brothers. I'm not going to get suckered in this time. I still think it's going to be very... I'm still very confused about what approach they're taking here because one of the things, one of the aspects that they're really pushing very strong is uh, uh, friendliness with third-party developers. The SDK is supposed to be very developer-friendly. Easy portability from PC, Xbox, PlayStation, which to me suggests a move back towards standardized controls because, you know, you, you can't port... It's not easy to port a game from Xbox to, to Wii or th- or to the new Nintendo system unless the control system remains Wouldn't the same. Wouldn't it be crazy if Nintendo ended up with a traditional two-stick analog controller and Microsoft and Sony were, were full waggle this the, generation? The, the, the complete... Yeah, right. maybe, that's what, maybe that's what Nintendo did. They suckered him into right. the gimmicky this controls whole thing, and, then went, and then went back to the old-fashioned It's like a one. double... Insane double bluff. Yeah. But, wow. they're, but apparently they're, they're saying – I mean there's rumors of this touchscreen controller. There's rumors uh, that Wii Motion will still be support. So it, it, I'm it, holding out hope for Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles. You can't go in all these different Chronicles. directions at once. Yeah, I know you are. You're very <laughs> there was one – you know, dude, I got one guy. Uh, we get a lot of comments. One person uh, Twittered me and said, hey, I'm, I, was, I really like Crystal Chronicles too. I thought that was pretty cool. Right. So, so that, was, that was the – so you only, only need two more people and you can actually get a game going. Go to hell. That's it for news this week. Uh, let's uh, talk about what we've been testing. Hey, Norman Chan. What have you been testing? I've been uh, testing the BlackBerry Playbook. You have that in your hands right now. You've actually been testing it, right it this entire podcast. I, the most important test is how efficiently can I browse Reddit during the podcast oh, with okay. a tablet. Thanks for your, your like undivided how, how attention. How much does the device allow you to tune out of the podcast? If, if, it's, right? if it's so frustrating that I actually have to pay attention to the podcast. So I'm just offended. As, as I'm, you can tell. I'm offended for the readers who whose time and energy oh, no, to this podcast I'm, is... I'm a fucking multitasker. Oh. I must say now. I must say, as you were as, earlier in the podcast when you were reading off those bullet points from that Apple story, yeah, yeah. you're kind of holding the the, the the playbook up, waving it around with it, reckless it, it really, abandon. It feels like I mean, it doesn't feel like, like it's in danger of like flopping over or no, anything from the God, side. No. Of it. That, it, that, that seven inch awesome. form factor is growing on. I me. love the seven inch form factor. It feels like you're holding a nice little digital. It looks like a pad. Like, this is much this more like Star is Trek. the pad from Star Trek. The PADD. I I cannot. I. What does uh, it stand so, for, though, so, Gary? Uh, Personal, Personal Assistant, Assistant Digital Device. Yes. Wow, nicely go. done. I Nerds. could have got there. Nerds. So uh, picking up the iPad, t- even not even the iPad 1, because I don't own an iPad 2, but picking up the iPad your 2. Your iPad 1's yesterday. been on your desk at work for a week now. Yeah, because I've been using the playbook. Uh, but even picking up the iPad 2 yesterday during Apps of the Week, uh, this is too heavy. It needs so are you, you're pound. moving towards, I need you're favoring this now. I'm favoring the form factor and the screen of the playbook a lot. There are a couple well, of and things. the browser is really good. The, well, I'll, I'll let me talk about the browser. 
Uh, a few things bother me about the browser, and let's go. Like these are very minor things. Uh, I'm just gonna go over three of them. One is super nitpicky because I've been iOS user for a long time, but the keyboard, the enter button, and the backspace button are not in the places I usually expect them to be. Um, so and I know it's Gary when you were typing last week on this. Uh, the backspace button is typically where the enter button is. Yeah, on I iOS. did that too. But that's and that I mean, almost looks like an enter key. Yeah, it, it looks, looks like, like a carriage return. Right, but it's actually the, the backspace. I button. don't like the keyboard on that thing at all. Um, it's the weak point. It, it's all right. The thing, another thing, ironic I mentioned for this Blackberry. last week is that uh, because it's made to be used in the landscape position, it is you still have to stretch your thumbs a little bit if you want to get uh, use thumb typing. Uh, the nav bar on the top, there is no de- uh, dedicated section for Google searches. So if you want to Google search, you have to either search on the main nav bar, which sometimes doesn't work, or actually go to Google.com and then uh. search. A little bit inconvenient. Um, and then finally, just think little thing that bu- bugs me is, you know, when, uh, on, especially on a tablet and a touch device, when you want to hover over links, see where the link goes to, um, the playbook does have hold to hover. So, if I, for example, if I tap and hold this link, I get uh, five options. But it doesn't show me the URL, which is very important to me. You, you want a little sneak peek? I want a little sneak peek for phishing things or, you know, just know yeah. what, what domain I'm going to. Uh, yeah. That's fair enough. Um, and I think that's very important for a tablet device. These little things that I'm just accustomed to, on on the, even like uh, Honeycomb and iOS. Does it do browser uh, bookmark sync and stuff like that? Can you no put bookmarks? bookmarks? Uh, that, that, all these things need that. Bookmark sync should be in every browser. Yeah. So little things like that. Uh, the biggest problem is because the browser is the most important part of this tablet, the, the biggest app, because there is no email, there is no uh, right if you want to get or anything. You got to go to the browser. You can't open multiple instances of the browser. In their multitasking pane, you, if you want to check your different tabs, you have to open the browser first, then within the browser, switch between tabs. Okay, um, it's funnier how much chunkier the playbook looks, even though it's smaller, just in thickness. Look, just because of the smooth you know bezel. It, I'm, I mean, I'm that, liking that's the only it though. Thing. In terms of the fit and the finish and the size and everything, aside from the iPad, this is the first iPad competitor tablet where I feel like hardware-wise, the porridge is just right. Well, yeah, the only thing they're missing is email client. <laughs> well, well, and that's and I'm saying hardware wise yeah. in, in terms no, 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 of the, right. the, the right, weight, right. the size, the screen quality. There are this also, is the first attractive iPad. It, it can be beveled just a little bit, a uh, little bit more. And also, the power button's a little hard to hit, but it's also weird because even without hitting the power button, if I put it down and it's not in like full sleep mode, it will sometimes turn on if I swipe. But it's very inconsistent. Hmm. Uh, I'm not sure about the software thing, but the way I'm using it is very much the way BlackBerry would want someone. Whether they're a BlackBerry phone owner or not. The way it's meant to be playbooked? Like, I still check my Twitter and my email on my phone, Mm -hmm. and I'm only using the playbook for web. That doesn't seem like something that's worth 500 bucks to me. It's fine in the couch, and the battery is much better than something like the Zoom, um, the standby Well, that's because it doesn't do anything when it's off. That's because it's not pulling anything. Yeah. Yeah. There's no background apps. There's no Twitter, no Facebook. Uh, Okay, we've talked about the playbook enough. Uh, review probably next week or week after? I think I'll probably shoot it next week and then it'll be up on the site the week okay, after. Okay, sounds good. Um, uh, Fine Picks X100. Matt Braga took that for a test spin. Yeah. Uh, and this isn't an early model. This is a production camera. This, production this is camera. a final model. Uh, it's Fujifilm's um, new... Uh, it's kind of like retro-styled. It, it's the, the, I mean, the look of it is interesting, but the most interesting part is it's a fixed-lens camera, not a DSLR, but it has a very sh- powerful sensor, basically a DSLR sensor on the inside, I think like 13 megapixels, and the, the, the lens that they include on it is, uh, is very good for you know, the, the artsy macro shots. Um, and it's, it's small. It's like half the size of a DSLR camera. Um, he had some image quality problems, though, didn't he? A few, but I mean, it does good video, and the, image, the images were, were pretty good. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the price is. It's around $1,000, isn't it? 
not that. Uh, no is it way. not that much? No way. I thought it was really expensive. expensive. If it's a thousand bucks, I I don't. There's no way you could recommend that for a thousand dollars. Fujifilm X100. You can type into the search bar to, to find it right now. Looking up things on the internet, I heard that doing fact checking during podcasts was the death of podcasts. I clicked the wrong link. Oh damn it! Better to be right than wrong. Twelve point three megapixel camera, um, and. Oh, it's too new from $1,900. God. That seems a little high. That has a very retro look to it. Yeah, looks kind of like a like an old 70s camera. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole point. The idea is to look like an old school oh film God. camera. I can't that's not the real price. That's, 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 yeah, that's yeah, third-party yeah. sellers making, yeah. um, making hay while the sun shines, and they're still hard you know, to find. If you find. click back and hit shopping, you can find some MSRPs. Um, I'm just – oh, God. If, 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 a, you, this, if you click back – I have to click back twice now. And you click shopping on top. This or, is the podcast the equivalent of uh, dead air. $1,200. Wow. I think that's all too expensive. That seems like it's still too expensive. I think it's yeah. around. I think the MSRP was actually 1000 That's what I remember from CES. So digital cameras, I mean, I, I'm kind of in the market for one. I, I'm going to buy a full-blown DSLR. I, I think I'm going to go with like, you know, the Canon like, uh, 60D. Hold on. Is this going to be CameraQuest 2011? I, I, I'm fine with CameraQuest. I think I'm going to make two big purchases this year. One's going to be a DSLR and one's going to be a, a new laptop. Mm. Um, Interesting. Gary, are you interested in buying a DSLR? Do you have one? No, I'm not. I, I did buy one for my girlfriend. I got her a she uh, takes pictures, the yeah. Canon Rebel, I think, okay. like XD or whatever. Oh, I don't yeah. remember what it was called, but it was supposed to be a good one. It was like 800 bucks. You, know, you did your homework. It's It's... Well, I'm, X- I know she did. She, oh, okay. she knew what she wanted. I just got it. Okay. Um, I'm not enough into – and, and she needs to take courses now to learn how to use it. Like It's a very complicated camera. Right. I, I, you know, I like looking at pictures, but I don't care enough about photography to learn that much to get like excellent – nor, nor do I want to have to carry around a whole camera bag. Like, the I'm iPhone 4 is enough camera Perfectly for you. happy just mm. snap, sn- I can't snappy I'm snapshots. Fine. I'm fine carrying the camera bag. Uh, uh, the one thing every photographer says is no matter what camera DSLR you get, I mean, if you're deciding between a you know thousand dollar sixty D or fifteen hundred dollar five D or a seven D, um, put all your money in glass, buy the right lenses, and do your research for the lenses because you can easily drop five hundred to fifteen hundred dollars, two thousand dollars on a lens and not be happy with it. Or you can rent them from our friend Josh Norum at yeah, lenses or whatever the site is. Getting, getting, renting them is a good way to get hands on with them. I mean, it's a good way to try out what you want. Yeah. And I think they'll even sell you that, like Netflix, you can, or Gamefly, you can just say, I'm going to keep this lens and they'll just bill you. Nah, Sounds crazy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. The next thing is the Razer Onza. Onza. Onza gamepad. Onza. Did, were you, did you get to try this out, Gary? No, is you this the thing you've been talking about? Yeah. We, we, well, days? so it's, it's really interesting. It's a gamepad that's designed to be an improvement on the Xbox 360 pad, which is a pretty tall order. It's, it's a great pad. It's a fantastic that's pad. Microsoft pad aside, had, has done pad. so well. Do you remember way back when Microsoft, the first Sidewinder. The bare one. Oh, the very first Sidewinder. The first Sidewinder was the best gamepad for the PC. Well, that was first D-pad. There was no analog stick on that thing. Well, there, there was a crappy analog one. That was a silver one. That was terrible. We, we but that, that, that original Sidewinder, you can go back and look at it and see it's yeah, kind of the, the precursor, the oh, precursor yeah. of the uh, oh yeah the original. Well, it was Xbox. six buttons though, wasn't it? It was no, like a Genesis it, style. It didn't pad. have dual analog sticks. But you but could it was see a, that the 360 con- design concept, the yes. pad was kind of yeah, yeah, born yeah. there and evolved. Well, the disc it. was where that yeah right. And then the and then from there it went to the uh, three uh, the Xbox. I think the S model S version. Well, the was original one, one was. I love that was big kind of, quarter pounder oh, hamburger oh, too, controller. Too we secretly place Gabe's Xbox controller with a grizzly bear. Let's see if he notices. I enjoyed it. That was one of my favorite penny arcades of the, all time. The S was an improvement. The though. S was an improvement, and then the 360 one 
I think is probably still the one everyone loves. And it's again, you know, it's the best PC game. I, I do, I do understand now why people complain about the D-pad because having played Mortal Kombat, you, which is the first game that really relies on using the, the D-pad controls that you've played. It's not great. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Well, street like if you played Street Fighter, then then you'll definitely hate the D-pad. Ninety nine percent of the time, I'll always buy. One of the reasons why, if a game's available on PlayStation and three sixty, I'll get the three sixty version. Is I much prefer the 360 controller. Right. So uh, the Onza, the Onza is uh, – they did a couple of things interesting. They did they lengthened the sticks so there's a little more uh, range of motion. Okay. So you just get better precision. Just a tiny bit. You can also adjust the tension on the springs in the sticks so you can have tighter or looser movement, which is okay. I mean All right. I found that to be kind of gimmicky and not something I use. The thing that I love, love, love that they did was replace the, the membrane buttons on the ABXY buttons – with mechanical switch buttons. Oh, so, so they, they click. click. Oh, I like that. And they're very, very the, – the throw. We talked about the throw in this video. I didn't explain what it was. The throw is the distance from unpushed to pushed, right? So in this case, the throw of these buttons is minuscule compared to the, the tear trigger. I call it, yeah, a hair trigger right. button. So right. you could be shaving milliseconds off your reaction time by mm-hmm. getting – well, depre- You can depress buttons – Immediately. And Does that I mean, mean you could accidentally press a button you don't mean to, though? You can. It's hard to That's do. the thing. Because it's, hair trigger buttons. Yeah. I, did, if, I haven't if, had a problem. If you with have that. a big thumb and a heavy thumb and you're flat in the middle of those four buttons, you Come can on. hit all four at once. Well, the, the, the other thing that's good is you can, if you need you to rock, press a button you can quickly, rock them. you can rock really yeah. easily and go back and forth across the same button to do a like, you know, massive speed or if you're playing track and field. For button mashing games. Yeah, exactly. Um, things is, that I did. Is it, it wireless? Wired. Wired. Because no. that's a, that's a major problem. Well, that's the, that's the thing that I realized is after five years of wireless controllers going back to the living, bringing, having a, Why my dog do had never yourself? seen a wire in the living room. Why before. would you do it to yourself? Right. She was like, what, what is it? This thing is in the way of my bone chewing. And the, and it's not their fucking, Microsoft will not license out their No, they don't, they don't license wireless well, except for, hard, for, for rock bands. It was, and things. It, only the massive juggernaut that used to be the music game industry. Right. But Mad Cats and these guys, they can't get in on that no. action for controls. No, I think DJ Hero has wireless controls is the only other thing that I can think of. Right. But as a PC game controller, because I don't trust wireless and I don't want to buy that dongle. I don't even know if you can find PC. the dongle anymore. It seems uh, like it's gone. I have the dongle. I have the dongle oh, too. God, I hate the dongle. I don't want to change batteries. For but a you're probably sitting close enough to your exactly. PC. Exactly, that's the that thing. I'm, I'm right there. Right. Anyway. It's wired plugging. It just still gets ports. tangled up in the chair. It's an annoyance. But uh, yeah, like it's, you're it, correct. And and it's a it's a nice braided. Then cord. no batteries, Jim. Um, no batteries. The buttons light up. Yeah. I, I think it's a it's a fine uh, gamepad. Um, and if you're a PC gamer, I think it's something you should. Do. I'll, I'll tell you what. Had they released a PS3 version, I would be all over it. Because I, I like you, I really dislike the triggers on the PS3 controller. Yeah, they're too mushy. They're, they're too well. They're mushy and they slant the wrong well, way. Well, they slant the wrong way. That's that's, that's half of my problem. The no, other that, that's not at all racist. Okay, let's that's, go. That's half of my problem. The other problem is I don't like the thumbstick positions. Oh, down but, down low thumbsticks. I, I the the way that the Xbox has the kind of the asymmetrical thumbsticks. Yeah. I love that. I I don't like the. I can't go back to the PlayStation way. Uh, one other thing that Anza has that's kind of goofy is it has these programmable. It has two bumper buttons. Dual Two on each side. Yeah. Okay. So they're, they're, the top ones are programmable. I found that to be almost entirely this, useless. This, this thing could do all of the things you're talking about and make French toast, and yeah. I still wouldn't go with a wired controller for my three for my three. Well, there is that for the PC, like you said, it's not an issue by all means. But on the PC, I don't play it has a lot of PC games. It has a 15 foot. Pad. It has a 15 foot cord, which is a kind of a liability if you're sitting in front of your computer. Does it have the little detachable no. thing? Oh, it does have the yank out thing, yeah, but it doesn't have the way to make the cord shorter. Which right. would be nice. Right. Why? Why does they do, do two yank outs? I don't know. 
and you can cut like five feet off of it. Each one of those is expensive, probably. It's a point yeah. of failure. Maybe this is something for pros, because I, I think it is pros kind of prefer a, to play with a wire well, controller. The, I mean, the other thing that they did say, and one of the people mentioned in the comments is, and we didn't talk about in the video, is that the, the triggers, the activation on the triggers happens much earlier. So it, it's kind of bad. Like, I had a hard time with it when I was playing Need for Speed, because there wasn't enough movement for the gas and brake, I felt. But when you're playing a shooter, and you're dealing with the on or off for the triggers, it's actually quite good. Yeah, but the, a lot of times you want those those triggers are analog, right? You want the different degrees of I mean, attention. Razer traditionally has made stuff for shooters, so I assume that this is a shooter-focused controller. Anyway, it, I mean, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's 50 bucks for the high-end one with the adjustable thumbsticks. If you're looking for – if you want a more – if you wanted, if you don't like the th- Xbox 360 controller, the thing is the D-pad isn't great for fighting games. It's too much action, but it's awesome for selecting the right weapon in like Call of Duty or Gears of War or something like that. Right. Um, I also had a PC gaming adventure last night where I have a hole that goes from my office into the living room and I ran a 20-foot long HDMI cable out from my from my gaming PC into the living room. Into the TV? Into the TV. And then I use my wireless Xbox controller to play games out there. I don't trust that at all. It works fine. Okay. I've been doing it for a long time. Oh, so the wireless was going through the wall? Goes through the wall, to no the problem. PC. Okay. From the PC to the... Right. To, so I don't using, have to... Using the dongle. Yeah, yeah. so basically okay. I was playing Xbox uh, PC games on my giant TV in the living room. Well, not that giant. <laughs> That's right. You guys are assholes. I wouldn't consider it giant. On my medium-sized TV in the yeah. living room. Merely large TV in the living room. That's the only reason I didn't do better in that Mortal Kombat tournament last week. I wasn't playing... The TV was to, too small. on a TV that small. That's possible. Uh, anyway... I was playing Portal 2 with the Xbox controller in the living room. How was that? Fantastic. Simulate, it was a simulation what, of the console experience. Why would, no, why, it wasn't because I was running you, a, a 1080p. Why would you play that on a pad though? Isn't the mouse control – I don't want to have preferable? a mouse in the living room. It doesn't I know, matter. but I'd, I'd rather – In a perfect world, yes, I would have a pad. No, a mouse. A mouse and a keyboard. So why – but there, there's – if you're talking about no having no latency because you're using a gamepad and the dongle anyway, if you had a good wireless mouse and a good wireless keyboard. Yeah, but I don't have a play I, I don't have a mousing surface on my on my living room. So when you and I were playing co-op, is that how you were playing? No, no, no. When we were playing co-op, I was playing with mouse and keyboard. Okay. Um the reason I did this is because Gina wants to play and I don't want to buy the game again. She doesn't like playing on mouse and keyboard. Right. So I'm yeah, just, why I, buy it twice? Right. I'm not going to buy it twice. Although you could have bought the P, could've I could have bought, bought the PS3 version, version but two versions. But I wouldn't be able to one. use that because PSN's been down for a week. And oh, you have to log true. into PSN to get the code for Steam. Yeah, and who knows if the Bluetooth – I guess the Bluetooth right. would work through the wall, right? Bluetooth yeah, Bluetooth, would Bluetooth would work through the wall. Yeah. Bluetooth doesn't matter because I have PS3 and it's in the living room. Right. Um, the, the one thing that I found that was crazy about this whole experience is that you can actually play Portal 2 split screen on the PC spread across two different monitors. That's great. So wait, conceive wait, Yeah. Explain this. So if you have a mouse and keyboard and a gamepad, okay, you can set up your P- – and a big, you have to have a pretty hefty PC, but I have a big video card and a sure. big CPU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can set it up so that it will render one split-screen vertically separated surface spread across two different displays okay. and use gamepad to control one and mouse and keyboard to control so the other. So someone could be in your so office so playing on your 30-inch so monitor. I can play – I can play one part of co-op with my wife uh-huh. using the mouse and keyboard on my 30-inch monitor, and she can play the other part in the living, in the living room. room with the sound piped through That's the amazing. HDMI. But is now, it, the problem – Does it look like having – just having two completely – It looks like uh, two independent monitors. Displays. Yeah. Okay. But is it what it's doing? Is it rendering two separate what uh, resolutions or is it running one wide resolution and it's cutting in half one, and doing a split? It's, run, it's running at double – so I'd have to run the 25 – I'd have to run the 30-inch panel at 1920 at, by 1080, yes, that's, that, that's which okay. is the gotcha. Yeah, right. But I mean 
all is this things like considered. Is this like FOV thing? Because is there a mode where you can have it on one monitor and a line down the middle? So the split screen stuff on the PC is completely unsupported. It's all console commands. Okay. So you have to install some weird third party D3, DX9 um, why would you file. Want to do it? Split screen gaming is so shitty. Well, but you don't have to. It's not split screen. But I'm saying over two monitors. I'm saying that the the, the, oh, the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the thing that you're talking about. Why would you want to do that? Right. Correct. Well, I, it's all. I mean, a thirty-inch panel. I don't care. But I. I mean, it's if you're if you're talking about playing on the console, then why not? But I, mean, it's, I think it's, what I'm going to end up. It's actually a benefit because it's like if you're playing on a big you know, TV like console mode. Yeah. I can see your screen. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's like it's like having permanent picture in picture mode. That's right. Yeah. So maybe it's, that's because awesome, a lot of people like it's not, it's not your setup, but they might have a home office or a gaming setup where they have two monitors, same size, yeah. next to each other. Now you just pull up two chairs. You're playing portal co-op right next to each other. So yeah. that's a different experience than, than most people are going to be playing. Wait, so I could right. just Xbox. run, because my, my video card, like most these days, has you have two outputs. outputs. I could just run the second monitor off that. And has play. to be the same resolution. That's fine. Or, but you, or you are a similar, well, a common resolution across the two. The second one's a smaller monitor, so I would have to run the at the lowest at resolution. The lower resolution. That's fine. Scale okay. it up. That's fine. Um, it, it, I was pleasantly. I got it to work. It didn't take that long. I, there were some aspect ratio problems, but you can open up a text file and configure that stuff and work that That's work great, those problems though. out. I was stunned. It looked awesome. The only problem I had was it was defaulting the TV to the screen with the menus, so I had to keep walking from the office into the living room. Yeah, uh, for mouse and keyboard, right? To do the mouse and keyboard. Well, is that a Windows thing? You can just swap the inputs. Um, well, one is HDMI, one is DVI. So the HDMI one, for whatever reason, on the NVIDIA card was showing up as the primary input. Anyway, I thought it was fucking awesome that it would do that. The only problem I had, audio. So oh, right. Portal's only going to p- spit audio out of one device. Uh, and in order for her to have audio in the living room, she's going to have to do HDMI. So I think it works better if you're in the same room. Plus, they're right. only going to um, hear from the primary monitor. They're not Portal's not going to spit out two separate audio. It's feeds. not going to spit out two separate audio feeds on the same computer. That that I think uh, that that's, breaks. Okay, it. so that's, that's right. Well, that's less well, if you're in a room idea. with speakers, it's no big deal. No, because you hear different things. No, yeah, I, well, I need my, really. I need my own sound cues. Not, I don't want to be hearing yours. I yeah, can, fair, that, but that if you're off putting, it's equivalent to the split screen experience on a in a living room when you're playing on the console. Mm. I think what I'm probably going to do is, as but soon it's as, not though because on a split screen you still have your own you have left and right cues. There's Doppler. Yeah. Well, I'm sure it's going to do left and right cues. It's just only going to pipe to one room. Uh, what I'm probably going to end up doing to play with Gina is wait until the PS3 version's cheap and find a deaf person to play with and use that and just buy that because you can play P- PS3 with the PC. Yeah, and that's and, I mean Valve have done a bunch of great stuff with right. Portal 2, and that that's a great feature. Right. I thought that was I thought that was crazy though. You could do split screen on two monitors. That seems bananas to me. Yeah. Well, separate controls. Well, but gamepad for one and mouse and yeah, keyboard yeah. for the other. Yeah. You have to have uh, you know less discerning friends. And also, yeah, people don't care about sound, maybe. Uh, the last thing we tested this week was the Z-Boost Metro. This is the little brother to the Z-Boost. Uh, I can't remember what the other one was called. But basically, it's a, it's a cell phone amplifier. You put an antenna up on the, in your window. You run a cable eight feet and plug in a base station. And it amplifies the signal that the antenna in the window picks up so that hopefully your whole house where you traditionally maybe have bad cell phone coverage actually has working phone coverage. So this is like an alternative to a microcell? Uh, yeah, it's an, definitely an alternative to microcell. The nice thing about the Z-Boost stuff is it actually works with all providers. So whether you have right. Verizon, Sprint, whatever, it's going to amplify everything GSM, CDMA. Uh, whereas the microcell is tied to an individual provider. So if Norm has a T-Mobile phone, comes to my house, and I'm in a T-Mobile, that's not, my AT&T microcell doesn't do shit. And is there a, does it work? Worked really well. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you look at numbers, it gives like a one to three decibel improvement on signal. But since decibels are logarithmic, then that means you're actually seeing uh, quadruple the – the. Uh, sorry, so you're seeing 
a ten times ten times the 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 signal gain for a three decibel improvement, something like that. I don't okay. know. It's it's weird math there. Math is hard as we've established. I'm gonna play the music, then we're gonna answer some questions. If you have a question for the Tested Podcast, email podcast at tested.com, your audio file. Uh, keep the questions short, under a minute, all told. We like to hear some hometown trivia, and if you can, use your headset to record on your phone or levelator to make the phone the questions sound better. Here is the first question and trivia. Hey guys, this is James Palermo from New York City. Quick home trivia. I get over 20 megabits per second on my new HTC Thunderbolt. Uh, I assume that won't last, but hey. Oh, and also I have tested that uh, via both onboard on the phone tests and using tethering uh, on several different websites. So hey, all right, that's 22 seconds, under a minute. I can do this. Um, Will, at, I forget which trade show, you were sitting next to a Bowers and Wilkins, of which I am a fan, uh, Nautilus uh, loudspeaker, and you commented that it's an artist's rendition. Um, uh, It's not, it's actually a speaker. and I think one of the most beautiful things that technology has created. And I was wondering, do you guys think that functionality, you know, the iPhone, super cool looking, this phone, super cool looking, do you think there's a lack of beauty and elegance in our technology these days? Or do you think that really function reigns supreme and we shouldn't expect more? Crud, there goes a minute. Okay, always be testing more Honor Herker Robles. Uh, every, you guys are awesome, Gary. Everyone is the man. Especially Gary, because, let's face it, fuck off. So, anyways, bye-bye. Peace. <laughs> wow, that was a Gary, Gary wow. Winter voice. Yeah, I'm the best. Um, Hardy. The, I think that the, the general attractiveness of stuff is, is super important, especially as things are more similar to each other, as you devices that, become um, more and more similar. That documentary, Objectified. Oh, that's a, that was good. Yeah. Yeah, highly recommend that. I um, interviewed Jonathan I for that. Um, I think, I mean, clearly some companies do it better than others. Uh, companies like Bowers and Wilkins and Apple um, put a lot of thought into both the aesthetics and the functionality, and sometimes they complement each other. I don't think you should sacrifice functionality. Yeah, never, never sacrifice aesthetics. function. Uh, but it's clear that some companies um, value the functionality aspect more. It's just what they have more resources for. And um, from an, it's, design is hard for for products. It's uh, well, it's hard. Design. It's hard to do. It's hard to fit all the stuff you need to fit yeah. into a small space. You, you have to, as an artist, you have to make compromises uh, always. Um, even at people at Apple, I'm yeah, so sure the iPhone four is not exactly what, you know, Jonathan and I came up with when he designed it on paper. Yeah. Originally it was probably half the thickness. Yeah. So, but yeah, I think we could definitely see more, more of that in the world. Of course, no matter how beautiful you make your product, there's always some Yahoo out there that's going to take a perfectly beautiful black iPhone and then put a really ugly neon green bumper on it. Uh, like yes. Gary. Well, I'm, I'm usually very anti case as you know. Yeah. Um, why did you chicken out here? The only the only reason why we've we've had this conversation it's, it's before. A, it's a I, dropped, I dropped it a couple of times. Oh. And it's got nothing to do with reception. Oh. I dropped it a couple of times and freaked out. Um, you felt like you've taken it as far as you can go. Your I got luck the, has run out. I got the black bumper with it initially. Yeah, uh, and I found that the green bumper, hideous though it is, it is pretty fuggly. makes it easier to find around the house when you I, can't miss that thing. Yeah, if you shine a black light in your house, I bet you can see it from all the way across the room. There's no getting around. Oh, yeah. seeing this thing no, it's, like it I can't Plus, look you know, away every time you take it off uh, it makes you appreciate the yeah, you think, uh, that much more well, yes. I, so I've started using I bought an iPhone dock when the iPhone 4 came out and I started actually using it because I, I usually have a case on the phone and I never actually Worst use the dock $30 ever spent 
Well, what I've started using because I use the iPhone as my night as my as my alarm clock it's, now. It's, the dock does not make it a better alarm clock. Well, it makes it vertical. Doesn't make it a better alarm clock. Somebody gave me their iPhone to use the other day. They were at my house and I wanted to put in the Wi-Fi password for them. So yeah. they use a Wi-Fi. You house. didn't just tell them their Wi-Fi password? No, I don't give people my Wi-Fi. You password. think they're going to come by and like sit in your driveway and steal your Wi-Fi? Yeah, it's like Gary's true name. Well, that's okay. right. And then and then I make them give me the phone back and I remove it before they can forget this. <laughs> really? No, not really. Oh, okay, I was going to say. Um, I'm pretty sure I still. But have they had one password. of those invisible shield things over the screen. Oh yeah, and it was horrible. I hate it. I hate those. I was like, dude, what's this? What's this? You've got this, this weird fi- scummy film yeah. on your screen, and it makes the was it the matte one or the shiny I don't, one? It was kind of matte, and it but it but it made the screen look kind of bumpy and beveled, yeah. and it was yeah. it was horrible. And like I don't go. The screen is the last thing you want. The screen seems to be the least well, likely thing to scratch or 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 get if banged you, up. If you get the glossy ones of those and actually apply it right properly, then oh. they're not too bad. But it still it still doesn't have the like nice slickness that you a good phone the, screen the mall, has. When you go to the mall, these invisible shield people they set up their stores right outside the yeah, uh, the, the Apple store, right outside. Trying I to, think trying I'm, to trick you. I'm thinking it's time to sacrifice some iPhone 3Gs to the uh, to the invisible shield test. Oh, and start getting, going with your keys and yeah, stuff? Yeah, see, oh, see I, how much damage – like will, I, do they I, stand I up to a Dremel? I, well, I don't well, know. Well, I doubt they stand up to a Dremel. Uh, next question. A bag of keys. Yeah, sack of keys. Have we only done one question so far? Yeah. Hi, Will, Norm, Gary, and Anna, if she's there. My name is Nicholas, and I'm from Denmark. Um, first of all, it's a bit hard to find interesting trivia about my hometown, so I've dug out two interesting facts about Denmark. Um, Denmark was the first country in the world to really legalize porn, and Danes are apparently the happiest people in the world. Yeah. Okay, um, so my question is in regard to a topic you guys were talking about a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Um, you were talking about chili and the hotness of chili and how this is measured, and it made me wonder if you guys know if there is a way of measuring sweetness, and if you've ever had anything that was simply too sweet to eat. Um, I love your articles, videos, and podcasts. So yeah, keep up the fantastic work. Bye. I don't think there's a similar scale for sweetness. Well, let's let's uh, do some fact checking right now. Uh, there are definitely things that I think are too sweet. Like I cannot stand angel food cake. Um, oh, I like angel food I, cake. It's I, too sweet. I, I no, no, wait. I like devil's food cake. That's different. There are and see. That's the thing. I I don't like it. I, I like desserts, but when they're too rich, that's mm. the problem. Like. I like cupcakes. I don't generally like the frosting or the icing. The cr- like, it's the like the moistness frosting. of the, uh, the, the, the cake. It can, be too, it can become the, too the thing that, sweet. The thing that I find is I, – so I stopped eating high fructose corn syrup like a year and a half ago. Mm-hmm. Oh, as, as much as it's – hard, it's a hard thing to stop eating. Because it's in almost everything. It's in almost everything. Um, but after you, after you become acclimated to not eating it, then when you get it, it's a very distinct taste from traditional straight cane sugar. Like you can you can definitely discern a there's like an aftertaste that's like tangy almost. So do you the, only drink like sweet. like um like a imported Coke? Oh, what the fuck? Look at the black book. It just just popped up. Like it just turned h- on. How did it turn on? I didn't press the power button or anything. It's a great product, Norm. Mm. Um, I don't drink. I drink diet cokes, but I, I'm trying to cut those out as well. Um, and I've been drinking a lot of iced coffee lately, which I should have talked about in the what we're I testing segment. I switched from drinking diet soda. Because there's increasingly a lot of information out there that the aspartame and all the stuff they put in is probably not doing you any favors either. 
right. um, to uh, just drinking carbonated water. And oh, that's oh. nice. Like carbonated water is like it's a little bit of lime acquired taste. Well, you can, you know, I get the okay. I get an Arrowhead water delivery. Is carbonated water the same as club soda? No, no. no. Club soda is it's, there's 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 sugar. calories. There's in something club soda. going on. Tonic water is the one with no but calories, like, right? Yeah, like put like a little a bit of, yeah. put a little bit of flavor, like some lime or lemon accented mm. carbonated water, yeah. Yeah. just as good as soda. It's refreshing and probably better it's, for it's, you. It's is that like a, a, a pure uh, Pellegrino? They do those flavored waters. Uh, Pellegrino yeah, uh, sparkling yeah. water. They have a new product now. You know, you get like um, what's the name? Like the powdered stuff that you put in to make. Uh, like, like I can't remember what Kool-Aid it's called. Or powdered water, like Kool Aid or whatever. But Crystal um, Light. There's a new there's a new version of that that they're selling on TV right now. There's a commercial for this. I think it's called like Mio or something. And it's like a little comes in a little bottle and you just squirt. A little oh, bit I hate, oh, the colored water. Oh, the food coloring for water. Yeah, basically. Oh, terrible. But it adds flavor. I don't care. I know what the we're doing our next looks, taste test on the commercial. Looks stupid. They're basically putting food color in water. You gotta take. You gotta get sugar out of your diet. That's the problem. Yeah. There was a story last week. The new study apparently that sugar, obviously everyone already knows that sugar makes you fat. But it made, what? Wait, what? But it, but it, <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I thought it made me happy. You're having a little Scott Pilgrim moment. Um, <laughs> but it. But it, it may in fact actually be toxic. Uh, and everything really toxic. bad for you in all kinds of ways. Wow. It's, it's dosage. You gotta cut down on sugar. It ain't no good for you. Yeah, I agree. You gotta go to the gym. But uh, then, how would you? But then, oh my God, we got these uh, little uh, Kinder Bueno mini eggs for Easter. Yeah, so fucking good. Are those the ones did, did with you cream go out and inside? Buy the giant no, they're eggs? not like cream eggs. We, we did. We we baked cream egg cream egg cupcakes for, oh. uh, for Easter. So Wait, you're talking about cupcakes with the Cadbury cream? It was, it was a cupcake with a cr- with a Cadbury cream egg Super baked into gross. the middle of it. Uh, so gross. So good. So uh. gross. So good. So I was getting ready to do my annual post Easter trip to buy a whole shitload of Cadbury's mini eggs and then stash them someplace where I'd forget that they were, so I could discover them throughout the year. Oh my mm-hmm. god. Um, Your own little Easter egg hunt that lasts. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like sending a present to my future self. Yeah, that's I used to do that when I would get drunk and go on Amazon. Yeah, I do that. I've done (laughs) done that too. Um, So, so uh, before I went to do that, I was like, man, maybe I don't have to leave the house to do this. Maybe I can just order from Amazon. And then I went to Amazon. There was like they had fifteen different kinds of Cadbury mini eggs. So then I had a a mental mental uh, spasm. And realize that probably Amazon sells seasonal candy year round. You can buy Count Chocula. Indeed, they do. Yeah, I could buy Valentine's Day candy. I could buy Halloween candy. I could buy Christmas candy. You got to get got to get that out of your mind. It's all there. Well, no, it just it, your, your, your it, body's it, not ready for that. I had the exact opposite experience. It made all of that not special to me. Well, that's yeah, what I'm saying. Exactly. That's the way to get me off the it. juice. It doesn't bother me. I you know I still got I got a Target in uh, October and I see. Uh, Boo Berry and uh, what's the Franken Frankenberry? Frankenberry. I'm, I'm excited about that. Mm-hmm. I buy it every year. Mm. Okay. Uh, another question, perhaps. You know the one thing that, uh, that is I'll always stop reliable. That question. Don't, don't Girl worry Scout about that. cookies. You can't get those year round. You, you, they're a knockoff Girl Scout cookies on Amazon. I looked that up too. Oh my god! But you don't want the knockoff. They're made by no, the no, same. No, they're no. made by the same company that manufactures real Girl Scout cookies. They just don't have pictures of small children on the boxes. Why don't Girl Scouts just sell the cookies all year round? It seems like they can make a lot more fascism. money. Fascism? No, being seasonal is a smart business move. Why? And, Why also, and also the girls can't be selling cookies you're wrong because they have to go to school. <sighs> Those uniforms do have kind of a Hitler Youth vibe to them. This is going to dark places. Well, I'm, I'm playing the next question. Not, not, not Girl Scouts. Girl Scouts, Boy not, Scouts not don't a have serious. a – Girl Scouts super serious. Not as serious oh, yeah. as Boy Scouts. You don't have any sisters. That's you have no sexist. idea how serious Girl Scouts you, is. Girl Scout, you're saying Girl Scouts isn't as serious as Boy Scouts? I, I, that's exactly How what would I'm you saying. know? I'm saying – what I will say is that as I felt bad – like when I see the stories about the girls that the Boy Scouts won't let into Boy Scouts, 
I feel bad for those girls because compared to what the awesome stuff that we learned in Boy Scouts, the stuff that my sister learned in Girl Scouts was pretty lame. Yeah, see? Is, I, I think is they, should let, they, should, even, they should let Girl Scouts be in Boy Scouts. It should just be Scouts. Is Scouting yeah, even what I agree. You, I mean, when I, I grew we up talked in, about this before. I grew up in, in England where we invented Scouting. Sir Baden Powell. Yeah, but Lord Baden Powell. Um, always know, have to bring class into it, don't you? Always you be English. prepared. And, uh, you know, I don't know if it is what it used to be anymore. Maybe it's more urban now. Maybe it's more about, like, civic city community efforts. Well, if you look at the, efforts, the, the, but the it used to be about going badges. out into the forest and learning how to whittle. There's that. And they still do There's that. a lot of that stuff. Still going into okay. the woods. There's no, like, I mean, the jamboree is not what it used to be. And it's just a bunch of kids sitting around playing Game Boys. And if you look at the Boy Scout manual that they give you now is so lame compared. The manual you used to get back, you know, even a decade ago, two decades ago, was a real manual. It's something you could take with you and learn how to survive. Like in you, the it, right? They taught right. you how to make shelter yeah, in the, it was against a, a tree. Right. And, right. Now how to kill a bear with what your bear hand. Hand. How to make an iPod playlist or some shit. It's so it's all toned down. It's about the safety, like how to browse the internet safe. Oh, I see. That's and, what I'm talking about. Yeah. Super, super weak, and it's 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 just like a guidebook to getting the badges. But that, but I mean, I guess that's kind of relevant, though. Like you're more as, as a kid these days, you're more likely to be murdered by an internet predator than you are a bear. <laughs> a bear. Yeah, in the woods. <laughs> no, that's you got You got to learn how to build a bridge. I remember in the manual, it, it would tell you exactly how to measure the distance of a river, like the width of a river. Yeah, when the triangulation. Side, right? triangulation. When are you ever going to so use you can, that information? So you can build a bridge, and then you could. It'll tell you how to like make your own toilet in the woods and like get, find the right sticks so you can stick in the ground and so it'd be perfect for the toilet paper. Toilet. How to lash don't, stuff don't, together. Don't you just shit in the woods? I mean, <laughs> like, do you really need to make a, a toilet? Hole. And you got to use a stick and you got to mark it. So Which leaves know. are safe to use for your, your toiletry purposes? All sorts of good stuff. All right. Um, so, yeah, that was uh, – yeah. That's I don't I don't know. I don't even remember what, what the question was. The question was sweetness scale. Uh, the point made on the chef's forums that I found was that the amount of sugar in any type of food is listed on the nutritional information, and sugar, the amount of sugar and relative sweetness are directly correlated. But what about density? Like a lot of sugar in you know concentrated sugar. Well, that's going to make a difference too. I mean, it's not in, it's not in grams. You can make up the Chan scale. Figure the, only, it out. the only thing I ever tasted that was almost too sweet. And Will's going to hate me for this, but I, I put uh, Coffee Mate creamer in my oh, coffee. Oh, Christ. I know he hates it. French vanilla flavor. Oh, you're a bad person. And I thought, what would it be what like? What the fuck is wrong with I, you? I wonder what this actually just tastes like, you know, just on its own. <laughs> oh, that's horrible. And I, and I took a little sip of just, just you Did know. Did you just, throw up? It was so sickly sweet. It was like, yeah, that's too much. Do you know what that stuff is made from? I think high fructose corn Dinosaurs. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that makes it kind of good. Yeah. That's awesome. It ain't natural. You know, like some food products you see, like there's no way that, that came from It's natural. all It's all partially hydrogenated vegetable oil and shit that's really bad for you. Yeah. Hey, Will, Norman, Gary. My name's Alex and my username's Wolverine. And my question for you today has to do with purchasing music. When Amazon Cloud Drive was released, I actually uploaded my entire music collection to the service. Wow. And I've been very happy with it so far. So when I go to download music, I usually try to purchase it through Amazon MP3. But one problem I've had is when I go to search for an album, a lot of times I see that the actual CD is cheaper than the album through Amazon MP3. So I do have an Amazon Prime account, so I would get the CD in two days. When the CD is cheaper, should I purchase the disc instead of the content? The rational part of me thinks this is the way to go, but the minimalist part of me thinks, well, I don't really want that CD. I don't want the physical media. So... What do you guys think I should do? Thanks, and I love the podcast. This is a really good question. It's a really interesting first world problem. I've been yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is the first worldliest problem we've had so far this week. 
Um, I, I would never – I've stopped buying CDs entirely. Unless it's something I can't get digitally, I just don't buy the what CD What are the price difference like five bucks? Uh, so you mean it's like a $2 CDs? CD? I mean – It's not about you, waiting for me. It's about not having the disc around. I mean honestly, I have four boxes of CDs well, in the no, you garage. Can give it someone else. Yeah, that would be do, intellectual do, property in the car. Theft. A lot of us do in the post-CD era. What I've done is just you, you take all the CDs and put them in one of those big wallets. And Case logic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here, here's the I thing. I saved all my jewel cases. The, the bigger issue – and because you can, if you, even if you get the CD, you know, sure it takes two days. You rip yourself, use exact auto copy, get a great rip of it, and upload it yourself. It's not going to be the exact file that Amazon gives you in their format. It's, it's going to be, might be tagged a little differently. Well, um, and it counts toward your, toward your total too. Yeah. And, and, and then it also counts toward your total. Uh, I think it's a problem with Amazon. I think they should have some price parity between their digital and it's, that, That's got to be like old catalog stuff though, because they're usually really cheap on new releases at Amazon. I can't remember the last time I bought a CD as a, a music CD new release. I know, I know what it was. It was whenever Lucky, uh, Not a Surf released Lucky, because that's wow. the last CD I bought. But the packaging is so nice. The thing I the, do you still buy CDs? Uh, you don't. No, no, I buy digital copies. Okay. But I would like. I occasionally do like CDs because my car is CD player. I haven't used the CD. <laughs> I realized the other well, day you have aux input. And I, I haven't used the CD player in my car ever. Like there has never been a CD in it since I've I bought it. I've used it once or twice, so but sad. yeah, all the music in my car is MP3 jack. I, I had a very interesting conversation with a PR dude yesterday. He was trying to send me a copy of a book. And I was like, hey, can you just send a digital galley so I can read on my iPad or Kindle or whatever? Yeah. And he said, oh, we don't have digital galleys. I was like, wow. At some point in the not too distant future, I'm probably going to buy the last paper book I will ever buy. Think about that for a minute. I don't think so. Well, I mean, that's yeah, true. Well, yeah. like, that's true in any case, yeah. isn't it? Last paper book ever, Gary. It's a milestone. Don't take this away from me. Yeah. I, I feel like I probably already have bought my last ever paper book. No, gonna... no, no. So you'll buy something commemorative. You might buy a royal wedding commemorative book. Mm, yeah, can't wait for that. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be staying up at three o'clock this morning. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll be live tweeting. I'm going to schedule a bunch of live tweets for it to just I'm, let, I'm let so, him go. I'm out. so obliv- oblivious completely you know, to the whole. I'm just so thing. glad I live in America and I don't pay uh, UK tax anymore because otherwise I'd be you'd be funding about this how I nonsense. Have to pay for some of it, yeah, it's very okay. expensive. I'm pl- I'm playing one more question, then we'll uh, wrap it up and go fake outtakes. Hello, tested. This is Drink Bourbon again. I'm listening to your most recent podcast, uh, talking a lot about iced coffee. Thought I'd. Uh, share with you my method, which doesn't require any special tools besides uh, a French press, which I know a lot of people already have. So um, I have a 48-ounce French press, so I will grind about a third pound of beans, uh, nice and coarse, stick it in the French press, pour cold water in, cold, uh, put the top on, don't plunge it, just leave it sitting in your kitchen somewhere out of the way for 12 to 24 hours. Then you go ahead and plunge it, you pour it into a jar, pitcher, whatever you want, and stick it in your fridge, and essentially you've just made a concentrate. You can dilute it. I usually dilute it about one-to-one with cold water just because it's sort of even, you know, medium strength then, but you can have it as strong or as weak as you like. Uh, it lasts you a little longer that way, and um, if you don't like putting ice cubes in it because it dilutes it at the end, just make a weak or mild pot of coffee and pour it into ice cube trays and freeze them and you got some coffee ice cubes for me that works fine because i don't put cream or sugar in my coffee so it stays nice and rich and coffee strong right until the end anyway thanks for all the coffee talk and take care so i tried that hario the ice brewer that's a great tip by the way the french press works great the other thing a lot of people say is to um 
put uh, the coffee in a like a just a normal jar with cheesecloth and screw a lid on with holding the cheesecloth up. So the coffee's inside the cheesecloth. Uh, the jar is filled with water, and then when you're ready to to take the coffee out, you just lift the cheesecloth up all at once and kind of squeeze the squeeze the coffee out of the bottom. Uh, I I that Hario thing makes awesome coffee. The, the iced coffee out of that, I had a cup last night and. It was wonderful. I'm going to bring it in and make a batch next week. It's only for iced coffee, though. It's right? only for iced coffee, okay. yeah. I mean, you can heat it up, I'm sure, but if you heat it up, it's going to do unpleasant things. But it brings out a really rich, nutty flavor that you don't get in, in normally brewed coffee. Uh, and do you guys like iced coffee? I like iced I coffee. coffee yeah. Do you put cream and sugar and stuff in, mm, or no? Just straight? Yeah. Um, I generally prefer uh, a little on the sweeter side. The The coffee ice cubes is a good idea, though. I like that. Yeah, yeah so it's not diluted. Yeah. That's uh, like, I think we talked about that a, a week or so ago. Like the problem is when you get down to the last third, yeah, it's of real gross. Coffee, it's it's usually a white well, actually, you know, I I take it back. I sometimes like that because coffee has a bad aftertaste, and I don't put anything in my iced coffee. You're doing it wrong. So by the time I get to the bottom and it's a little bit more watery, then then it's almost just like drinking water, mm. and it's 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 like washing the coffee out of my mouth. So I'm, I'm okay either way. Yeah, you're probably not drinking good coffee if that's if you have a bitter you aftertaste, aftertaste. You're cooking it wrong. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that'll do it for questions. Podcastattested.com. Keep it under a minute. Use your headset microphone. Levelator. Yada, yada. Uh, 10 megs or less, please. Don't send uh, WMA files. Uh, and that'll do it for us this week, I guess. Uh, for Gary Witta in his lovely PC Gamer bowling shirt. some sunburns. Yeah, you've been out in the you, sun. Yeah, yeah. I, I shouldn't go outside. You need uh, you need you know they have stuff for that. This is nature telling me that I belong indoors. You're, you're uh, well, all that vitamin D leaves you high on life. And Norman Chan, who does not have a sunburn, but is wearing a fetching T-shirt. I'm Will Smith. We'll be back next week with another episode of This Is Only a Test. Stay tuned for the outtakes of fakeness. Hi there. I didn't see you. Test it. Look, that pig has wheels. Oh, no, 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 no. What was that one? I don't remember that one. I didn't remember either until I looked it up. It was from Apps of the Week. It was what is the, it that the really wheels? bad pig. The pig, has, pig wheels. has wheels. It was a okay. ripoff of um. Was it that bad? The, the really Android bad one? game on. I think it was on Android. No, was it on Android? I, it might have been on Android, where uh, you run around as pigs and one had a wheel and was shooting cannons. Oh, it was the it was the it was the pigopolis. P- pigopolis. Yes, that was a terrible game. Yeah. Um. Yeah, so uh, what are we talking about this weekend? Are going, aren't you going to a coffee expo? I am. I'm going to the SCAA annual 2011 expo that tomorrow. That's like Nirvana for people like you. I'm, I expect to not sleep until <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, is there a there. lot of very right. jittery people yeah. walking around at these things? I'm going to be talking 100 miles well, now. It's like so. It's specialty coffee is what it, is what the show is. That's what the SC is for, uh, and the AA is for Association of America. So is it just for coffee is. or for all? coffee I think they products? have tea. It's like it's basically for like fancy coffee shops. Right, um, and they also they also have some some consumer stuff there. Uh, there's a lot of panels. There's like barista competitions to like to do the best espresso shot. Uh, there's cupping competitions where you taste different coffees and see if you can identify them based on taste mm-hmm. alone. Uh, wow, it's, so it's this kind is a real efficient. Is like art, like barista art on I'm sure that, lattes. Well, and... that's probably part of the barista competition, world barista champion. Or this is the U.S. barista. We can do the best leaf, but presumably yeah. you could walk around the expo hall and drink a lot of coffee. I have a lot of meetings booked, and I intend to be fully caffeinated the entire weekend. The bathroom's gonna smell I mean, terrible. I mean, you could <laughs> too much. Get I mean, you could have a coffee freakout. Yeah. Yeah, you, so, could e- you could easily overcaffeinate yourself. So I'm seeing some pretty cool stuff. Um, a lot of the a lot of the excitement seems to be around automated pour over devices. 
So you know how we did the Hario V60 and the Chemex? Ah, the APDs. Yes, the APDs. Yes. <laughs> Norm, your your disdain for this topic makes me sad. Um, no, the the automatic pourovers are kind of the new hotness uh, because you know, as you know, as a Chemex owner, there is a definite knack to that thing yeah. and getting consistently good coffee out of it. And if you can make have a machine that does that, that's pretty exciting. Okay. Um, and then the other big thing seems to be temperature profiling on home espresso machines. Wow. Which is the place that I have problems with my home espresso machine is that, uh, you know, getting the temperature to stay properly between 200 and 205 Fahrenheit pretty hard on cheap home machines. So people are adding PIDs and things like that to make uh, computer controlled temperature inside espresso machines. Are you, so home. you're going to be bringing back some gadgets? Uh, well, we don't really do gadgets. Oh, I forgot here. you don't like the word gadget. Yeah. But we are uh, probably not going to bring anything back, but we're, we're going to meet, make friends and talk to people and introduce Tested to the coffee industry uh, that doesn't really know about us that much yet. So we're pretty excited. Joey and I are going to go down. We're going to hopefully shoot some video. And it's in Houston, though. I've never been to Houston before. Why is it in Houston? Is I, it always I assume that the convention center was cheap at the time of year they wanted to have the show. I don't think of Houston as like a coffee I don't think anybody mecca, thinks of yeah. – I think Houston is an oil mecca and possibly a hurricane why mecca. Not, why not Seattle? Depending on the oh, year. Oh, sorry. Space travel mecca. Well, that's true. You, you, more like the place that the space travel calls. They don't launch there or anything. It's just where the phone is. Well, no, but they, the, the uh, control Houston. center is there. Right. That's what I'm saying. It's where the calls end up. It's not It's not nothing spacey really. I guess they train astronauts Astronaut training. There. Yeah. Okay. So never mind. What I just said is completely untrue. Yeah. But Seattle or Portland or New York or San Francisco all seem like more obvious choices for this. Yeah. Certainly it's the – Probably more think, expensive You think mostly too. of the Northwest when you think about coffee. I guess the nice thing about Houston and Texas in general is it's centrally located. So like it's a four-hour flight for me. It's a four-hour flight from New York. It's equidistant from both coasts. Right. You, know, you don't want to show favoritism. Uh, the Canadian version of this is in Toronto I think usually or Vancouver. I think it might move. But anyway, so I'm excited about that. What do you got? What are you, what's uh, what are you looking at, Norm? What's going on on the iPhone right now? Uh, well, I was actually thinking about space travel, and you know, uh, the final frontier. Well, time is the final frontier. Um, I thought space was the final frontier because it's that's space in, in the 70s, maybe the final frontier. Uh, These are the voyages. You know, America, of the we've been we've been we've been the space. China's been the space. Space. Uh, Russia's been the space. Oh, India's been the space. Man. The fifth country space to make it the space is uh, actually not what you would think it is. India. Right? No, you well, France? It's, it's, it's India. France. It's nope, nope. Not not England either. Japan. It's, it's the it's the Isle of Man. That's Manx. not really a country. Yeah, it is. Really? Totally a country. Is it a country? Is the Isle of Man part of the United Kingdom? I thought it was part it's of the United a self-governing Kingdom. Self-governing British Crown dependency, not well, part of the go. EU. So it's like Scotland. Not part of the EU or part of no. Uh, Scotland the UK. actually is part of the United Kingdom. Oh, not part of the UK or part of the EU. Scotland does have a devolved parliament. So the e, the Isle of Man is launching rocket ships into space. They apparently have very uh, good laws, and uh, all the private space companies. There's are a lot of banks there. there. We launched uh, a rocket to uh, Mars, the Beagle. The, the didn't that crash? Man, I, man I don't think flight. it was successful. I thought there was a metric problem with that one, right? Um, Maybe that was one of ours. Wasn't there a whole thing with Guam wanting to go into outer space? Well, they're they're situated right because you have to be on la- on low latitudes in order for. Uh, for easy launches, cheap launches, yeah. Why energy is that? cheap. I think it's because you're spinning faster at the at the. You need to be equator. close to the equator. I don't know. This is something. This now. See now we're getting into true fake outtakes territory because I'm talking about something that I have a very vague understanding of that is almost certainly not correct. Well, I mean, you could say that about the entire podcast. I mean, we're pretty grounded on the tech stuff. I, would, I guess I, I would say. 
I mean, but thanks. <laughs> I don't see. I think we fake our way through a lot of stuff. I, if I knew any more English people, maybe we'll replace you with Rob Smith. Okay, isn't that what happened last time? Do you think that? Do you think if I were to leave, you <laughs> would have to replace? I think we have to. We have silver, to have an English silver, voice. Silver age here. of uh, the right. podcast. Well, Rob, Rob, I wasn't replaced by Rob. I was replaced by uh, Dan. No, you're no, you're replaced by Rob. Oh, I don't remember. The yeah. minute I left, I ceased to have any interest. <laughs> That's when you stopped being a piece of gear. Rob, Rob was the guy. Yeah, right. It was you, and then Rob okay. had it for and then, a and then Okay. Gary turned in his his resignation letter and went out and bought a PS2 on the way home. PS1 probably. But yeah, the, the the Isle of Man, the Manx. Keep an eye out for them. Uh, that's where, uh, that's where the, but they're the wrong day. latitude. How does this work? You know what? I don't know. I just know that's what people are reporting and that's where all the private companies are going. And that's where the, uh, the X prize, the, the flight one, that's, uh, that's, that's where it's going to be, be. Also the home of, uh, one of the greatest, if not the greatest, uh, long distance, uh, motorcycle race in the world. Oh, yeah. oh the Man TT. Isn't the Isle of Man very small? It's, 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 it is relatively it's quite small. So they just go laps. It's quite small. I watched Amazing Races. Uh, you know, I watched. Have you watched night. it yet? I went home. I got home last night at one o'clock in the morning. What the hell were you doing? And uh, I was getting almost getting pissed on by a bum at the bus station. It was it was a terrifying experience. Oh, you you were you were listening to headphones. I was I was using the headphones and oh. I couldn't and I went down to fold up my pant cuff legs. I didn't want to step on them and I saw trickling water. Uh, liquid rolling toward me. And I instantly scurried away and it was a uh, liquid is scary and and it was totally a bum taking a piss on a pillar. In the bus station. But anyway, I got home and I couldn't sleep, so I decided to watch The Amazing Race um, that I had saved. Why do you and go on that show if you can't read maps? Oh, my God. That was one of the best episodes ever. I don't know if you've seen the, the, uh, the show. It was fantastic. Uh, the biggest challenge was awesome. They were in the, the – uh, Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein? Liechtenstein. Liechtenstein. It's a small country. Very, very, very small very country. Very small. And the, well, the challenge was they had, they had electric bicycles. They had to go ride from one end to the other end and measure – um, the length of the country, okay, in kilometers, and there's these guys who could not do it, and really, the only reason only one of them got it right, only one of them got it right, and he told everyone else, and basically the only reason people passed that test was they got ans- the, the correct answer was snuck to them by another team uh, through Goodwill, um, but basically the country is 22 kilometers along, but people they could not read maps, right? I mean, they all got lost, they they had an odometer, and they had to figure out how far they were going, yeah, and not one of them could go could follow the map, yep. And people lost. Their I mean, do you maps. think they give them other language maps, or do they give them English no, language English maps? English maps. It's just you're, you're totally flustered. The other challenge I thought was in- incredible, and Will and I had a discussion about this: is the eating challenges. And Will's stance is never eating challenges are almost always a mistake. Challenges, uh, and they've had two well, episodes in a row some now. Kind of disgusting local. No, well, no. Well, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes it's sometimes. something really spicy. Sometimes it's just something gross. So in sometimes this, it's just a lot. In this season, there have been two eating challenges. One of them was uh, in Austria, and they had to eat this. Um, what was it like a like a fried Austrian dish, like fried meat or something? It was schnitzel or, Schni- or stru- uh, yeah. uh, hold on, schnitzel is a dessert. No, no, it's, it, I think uh, it was schnitzel is uh, it was fried it's like bread, pork, it's like a bread and fried pork up with strudel. Strudel is a dessert. Yeah, yes, I, well, it's because of the it's because of the sound schnitzel of music. Schnitzel is, is a kind of German sausage, isn't it? It was like um, it was like breaded uh, meats. I feel like I could eat that. And it was a lot of it with a like a chocolate cake at the end, and oh. they had to eat that. How was that a challenge? Well, they well had, you, they had it's to on a Ferris it. wheel. While they were uh. on a Ferris wheel, and they had to do it in, I think it was a half an hour or something. And I'm like, if there's any food, type of food challenge, I could totally, totally do it. No problem. No one finished that challenge. All the teams failed. Okay. And guys. Uh, oh my god, what are you doing? Toilet paper and the parents have Klingons. <laughs> Kill it with fire. 
Oh my god, what are you doing, Smith? I was looking up the the oh this is this week. Okay, so the eating challenge on this week, which I still think I could tell you, and only one team did it, was a big pot of cheese fondue. It was a massive pot of Ooh. cheese fondue. And the guys who actually finished it, they the, one guy puked in the middle of it, but it took them over an hour to eat a giant pot of cheese fondue. And <laughs> there's two things here. It's probably one first, of those things that fills you up more than you expected. Well, first, well they yeah, had first, bread in it. Yeah, yeah also and they too. only had bread. Yeah. Usually when you eat cheese fondue, you have some pears and apples. I, I, I would have just waited and then chugged it. Oh, oh Christ God. A million dollars. The other, the other like money. The other side of it is that after you puke, you don't. You should come back with fucking gusto. That's right. After you puke, you're like, I'm ready for. I'm ready to die. Oh, right. Yeah. You just, There's no excuse the, for yeah. lollygagging well, after a vomit. That's in ancient Rome. Right. So that's a that's a myth. That is, is not a true thing. Well, I tell you what I know is not a myth. Okay. Is that in, 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 back in the days when I used to drink. Yes. And I, right after I threw this up. This is going to be an overshare. The, you're, you're always hungry right after that you throw true. up. Yeah. It's because everything's out. Well, right. What, yeah. what sounds better than some fried greasy food at 3 mm. o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Mm. I, have, I, have, I have none of my stomach acids to digest it anymore. You know what's really, right. really great? And again, this is something that I guess is fairly common for people that like to club and stay out late where, yes. where the night begins to turn into the morning is late night breakfast. Like pancakes oh. and sausage and it's, bacon. It's the, and only, eggs. it's the only way you'll like find it at Denny's. or whatever is great. The Did only, you ever go to the Lucky way Penny to Denny's. at Geary and Masonic? No, but I've been oh, to, yeah. I've been that to place yeah. is the bomb. I've been to Sparky's, which is a great 24 hour place. Yeah. There's still at least one 24 hour meal. Mel's is good. Yeah. It's good in a pinch. They're not 24 hours anymore? Orphan Andy's, fantastic. Oh, I like that. You got to go to the ones where there's always like, they hire the, the cop. To sit in it, yeah. The security guy, yeah. they know it. Like that's like between gonna, the three a.m. and the six a.m. and five a.m. Yeah, that's that's when people get too nothing drunk. Like a big stack of pancakes at two o'clock in the morning when mm-hmm. you're all all wasted. But here, here go, going back to the, the topic, uh, there's Will's, a topic. Will's rules that he even would, fake he would never have rules. He would never go for a food challenge. Well, well I would always go for a food challenge. There are some basic rules. The basic rules of Amazing Race are: you never take the food, the challenge, the half of the challenge that has uncertainty. If it's you have to carry stuff from here to here versus you have to go find something in a giant hay bale, you always do the the having stuff. to carry stuff. No, Even if it tra- seems like it's a lot. No, no. If you're if you're an Indian, traffic's terrible. You could get lost. I mean, nine times out of ten, though, the mistake is taking the random challenge over the over the not random challenge. Why don't you apply for the Amazing Race? It, it seems like you put a lot of thought. We're going. We're, we're, that's why we think we're talking about it. it. It's, it's some, only this is all research, right? We we've uh, we missed the deadline for the next season. Because that was like January, and we hadn't started talking about it until uh, March, late early March. I think, like, but we're going to apply for the next one. At the same time, though, it seems like there's probably a lot of people like you out there, like armchair quarterbacks, sitting there going, "Oh, I would know how to do this better than these guys." Yeah, but Norm, I would Norm and I totally have know how to do this better than those guys. Norm and I have very o- good overlapping skills. Oh, so you'd you'd be doing? I, I got I got the fire. It's got to be Chan. Yeah, it's I, Chan I, Smith. I, I got the fire. Yeah, Norm loves to win. Why wouldn't you go with Gina? Isn't it usually couples? It's a great way to get divorced is what that show looks like to uh, me. Oh, okay. I love my wife. Lots too much bickering and Yeah. Okay. I mean there's some stuff I would do like like I I you're okay falling out with Norm. Yeah, as long as we're both a million dollars richer. Norm and I no, we're both half a million dollars richer. Half a million dollars richer and possibly with trip trip sponsored by Travelocity to places it's like It's good that you already got the the sponsor <laughs> yeah. mentioned in there. Way to go. I could I could win a new uh, 2011 Ford Focus. Will's demonstrating to the to with the, the rear camera that he's on message and that he's going to get the <laughs> He's going to be on, on, on side with their uh, brand right, messaging. Right. Oh, yeah. This week's episode is brought to you by Ketchup. We love Ketchup. Thank goodness for this amazing Travelocity map service right. that they provided. Oh we would have been totally lost. You know what wasn't a giant burden? This 35-pound gnome that we well, carried all over Austria this week. <laughs> awesome. See, he, the thing is that show is – and like all reality shows, it's all fake. 
It, it's, it's all controlled. It's all cool. super controlled. The producers know when, who's going to win. Say, well, no, no. When, when they say, okay, you have to book a plane from here to here, they give the contestants a list of like two travel agencies that they can go to. And that's why those travel agencies are fully like staffed at 4 a.m. in the morning. Right. And there are only like four flights that they can totally, they can book. Right. So it's, everything is controlled. The only big variable. They control the number of seats available on those flights too, I think, a lot of times. Well, they, they check advance in advance. It, it, but the only thing, the only variable is taxis and, and connections and taxis and public transportations and you know possibility of someone your flight being delayed so so let's let's have another thought experiment there's two flights from say australia to hong kong one goes through singapore and arrives 30 minutes earlier one is direct but uh, no but arrives 30 minutes later which one do you take you t- always take the uh, okay if in that specific scenario since it's singapore to hong kong and those flights happen so often and because flights normally add a little bit of a buffer you always go for the earlier flight no that's don't a go good, for the good don't go that's for the exactly flight. right but, yes, but, aren't but you, if it's but aren't it, you risking missing a connection assuming the weather you no, also look at weather he said singapore to hong kong that is a flight that Unless the so airport sucked that's in, that's like San Francisco to LA. Yeah, yeah. So if it's but if you're talking about going like Bangladesh to Delhi or something, right, and or or a small town, ta- you know, Austria to Bangladesh or something, then I would be worried. If it's like a flight that happens once a day and you might be going over some mountainous terrain, I'll take thirty minutes. Yeah. T- sometimes you play it safe. Sometimes you don't. But you also, but- I have no fear, and I, I, I would not mind like skipping a challenge and taking a thirty minute penalty because I. If I could evaluate and, and know a that, lot of t- well, that, the, I, that, that penalty, I mean, yeah. that challenge would take more than 30 minutes. Depends on what the penalty is too, though. I don't think they make the penalties clear up front. Well, they, they usually say like 30 minutes you have to sit out in the corner or something. Right. Um, the problem I have is I don't know what our – because you in order to – when you sign up for this, on the application form, there's like a what is your two-word identifier. This is how they, they so like, identify you like, below your name. Like this season, it's father-daughter. Dating goths, uh, um, you know, ba- uh, Harlem so you would Globetrotters. Have to define your relationship, right? So, so what words. are Norm and I? This is a question for the audience. Professional nerds, sweaty nerds. No, I don't think sweaty nerds. You're not that sweaty. Well, you're. Co- I mean, your coworkers, your colleagues. So I feel like it's but coworkers is boring. Coworkers is boring. Like there's like newly. We got to promote tested like, too. Just dating, or you know, you know, like uh, like you know, childhood friends or something like that. Mm. Like Harlem Glo- Globetrotters. Instant sell. Right. And they wear like Globetrotter apparel. Yeah. And their names are Flight Time and Big Easy. And I hope oh, they so win. Oh, so you can you can have it be like a team. No, name. I don't hope they win. You don't hope they win? I hope Gary and Mallory win. You just think that because they're so earnest and cute. And they're so adorable. Yeah. I watch Celebrity Apprentice. Oh God, that's horrible. I don't watch Amazing. Tina movies. watches that. Yeah, it's good. It's less good now that Gary Busey's been fired because yeah, he was I, really the glue that held it all together. <laughs> or the or the unglue. Yeah. The thing is that they've got they've gotten have they fired Latoya Jackson yet? She just got fired this week. Oh. They're down to the, they're yeah. down to the last few people now. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know. I just don't like that show because I think Trump's kind of a lunatic. In the I like way. it since Trump's been on this tear that he's been on recently, wasting everyone's time and and just yeah. throwing a bunch of shit at the wall. Um, because no, everyone knows he's not seriously. He's a blowhard. Yeah, yeah, he loves the attention. Um, but you know, in this in this case, he's getting attention by you know casting damaging aspersions and lies right uh, which at, is not at, cool at, at public figures and 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 riling up people and it's and it's not cool um and uh I've, i i have actually found that that has affected my enjoyment of the show like i never obviously no one takes trump seriously but now like, i actively dislike him the interesting thing is his daughter is very clever like not that I would not expect that naturally, but I would expect somebody who kind of grew up in a lap of luxury situation. Now they're all groomed. Why, why do you say she's and, very clever? 
uh, she seems very insightful from what you see on the show. I mean, it could be uh, cleverly okay. edited, but where all the other people on that show seem to be lunatics, the daughter is the one that seems like a relatively normal human being. Right. Can't believe that show's still on. It horrifies still, me. Still very popular. Yeah. Goodness. And I think we should end it on that note. 